This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. On our show tonight, sequel to Deja Vu, our hosts celebrate the time-honored tradition of movie sequels including the good, the bad, and the very ugly. From diabolical killers who won't stay in the grave, to science fiction epics whose stories cannot be contained, to a single chapter, and so much more. Join us for the tales you love, and some that you won't believe got made in the first place. Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. Chainsaw Massacre 2. The buzz is back. All righty, folks. Welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration's sequel to Deja Vu. And we have quite a doozy for you this evening. I know I say that quite often, but this uh, movie might just be one of the top five. Not, not might be. This is one of the top five uh, movie sequels of all time, at least in my opinion. And I know uh, my... Wonderful co-host here, Tommy K, Tom Commissar. It probably feels the same, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'd say this is my top two. <laughs> I don't even know what the other one would be. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a. If you're talking horror sequels, if you're talking horror sequels, this one has to be top two. And we well, we're jumping ahead. We are covering Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two from 1986, the sequel to the 1974 original toby hooper classic texas chainsaw massacre and i i think this is one of the grandest sequels of all time um right up there with like evil dead too it's probably my two favorite at least my two favorite horror sequels i would agree with you on absolutely both of those um i mean they're fantastic and uh that's i mean i i don't know what it is about i mean i i like sequels you know people like bitch about sequels i love sequels that doesn't mean everyone's good that doesn't no. mean everyone you see is a good sequel but there, there's a lot of cool. That's what's great about horror movies. People bitch about sequels, but fucking, we go see them because they're a lot of them. A lot of time, they're good, 
And, uh, right. and again, I'll take if they a sequel not, over a remake any day. I'll tell you that much. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, go ahead. If you want to remake it, fine. That's I don't care either. But, but the sequels, I love sequels. And I, when this came out, you know, uh, people like this was this was the perfect when this came out, like when, in 74, when the original came out, I was too young to see it in the theater. I'm pretty sure my older brother did. I didn't see Texas Chainsaw Massacre until the VHS uh, shit came out. And that was, I, I think I've gone through this story about how I finally, it was never, they had one copy in the little mom and pop store around the corner from my house by this little donut shop. There was a little mom and pop thing. And it was, this thing was probably, I'm sure it was smaller than Scott Tepperman's actual video <laughs> store. It was, right, it was, right. Yeah, smaller than that room he's got in his house. Uh, he's got a I'm nice not, one. He's got he's got a great looking video store there. You know. Yeah. If, if you did, yeah. all all you need is just you know popcorn machine going in the corner, which I think he probably has. I think he's got that and candy and all that good stuff. I mean, he's yeah, got, he's a got nice quite the setup. I'm kind of. I look jealous. at that and I go, God, I know about. See, I think I go, man. I, I've got a basement downstairs. I got to be fun to do, man. You get there, but you got to work at it, you know. Uh, you know, he's he's. I'm sure he's put a ton of work in that. But anyway, good enough oh, topic. Yeah. So, so I got that, and then saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, uh, on video, and then I remember watching it like you know, like I don't know, fucking as many times as I could while I had the video. And I just watched. I remember my brother came home. I go, sit down, dude. You got to watch this. And he like got home from work. And then we watch it, and we watch it again, and we watch it again. I just kept, I couldn't w- stop watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I, and I still think, I can sit and pick my favorite things, but I, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, is probably one of the best movies ever made as far as horror goes. And uh, without, oh, and that's not, that's not, I mean, that's like, that's no big news. A lot of people think that, but I mean, it's for a reason. Yeah, so it's, it's anyway, almost at this point for me, it's almost not even open for debate. You know, I'll listen right, to somebody yeah, it's debate, just, but it's like I, I don't even care what they say. It just I, I know what is, and this <laughs> is that. You know, so I don't care. You can say whatever you want, brother. You know, but uh, uh, but when but Texas uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two when it came out, that was during the great age of those of all the horror movies and the drive-ins and we're going to the multiplexes or whatever or going to your favorite walk-in theater. And it came out just at that right time where it was like in that age, you know, it was not the 70s grittiness and all that. This movie, when I saw this movie, I, I, I had seen, obviously, I had seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre on uh, original on 1974 on VHS. And so I went into this, didn't really know. All I knew was part two. And all I know is I had to go see it. Like, I, I didn't care. Right. You know, I was like, fucking Texas. I'm I was gonna... pretty much begging my mother. I was 10 right. years old at the time. I was begging her to take me to the theater to go see it. Just absolutely begging her to take me. Back then, I was pretty lucky. I mentioned this before. Now, I had, uh, you know, I was driving by then. But, I mean, back when I was a youngster, I mean, my, my cousin Bobby, we used to go to the movies. He'd pick me and my brother Dave up. We'd go to the driving movies all the time. All those stuff before I started driving. This one I was driving. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't remember all the details of when or where it was. Again, it's a little foggy, but it was one of those perfect movies. I remember when I saw it, and I was tripping because you know it is different. It's not like the first one. So if oh, it's a stark before, contrast. I know a lot of the people yeah. that that love it for that reason, and a lot of people that hate hate it. For the very same reason, because it's kooky, it's it's wacky, it's got a, it's yeah. very tongue in cheek, and it's crazy. Where the other one is very, uh, I, I guess I could use the term low key. You know what I mean? And not very gory. It's kind of notorious as 
being the movie that everybody says, oh, it's so gory. Well, it really has like no blood in it whatsoever. Right. The first movie. <laughs> right. This movie that it's like, okay, they thought they saw a whole bunch of blood and gore in this first movie. We're going to show them. We're going to show right. these motherfuckers this time. Right. And, and, and it, it's like, I, I don't know how exactly like you pretty much like, just to kind of put it, explained it like, but it, it's, it, 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 it's so much like, it's, it's so colorful, like so it's so 80s. It's so perfect. I mean, just what the way it starts out, the music, um, and uh, and everything, and it's it's written. It's it's beautiful. It, it, it captures the golden era of that. Like you can look back and say the 70s, but you know you can't. You know you look at the 80s and you think this is the perfect 80s sequel type movie, and they couldn't have done a better job of figuring out how to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Because that would be tough. If you got that assignment, like uh, um, Kit Carson, um, uh, who wrote it, you know, he'd, he'd already known uh, Toby Hooper. And, you know, if you want to watch, you know, I'm not going to, you know, all the details. You can get in and watch the making of stuff and you can learn a lot about him. But he was a pretty cool dude. Uh, when, he, when they were talking about, they knew that they couldn't do, like, the exact same movie like, like it was like its sequel took place from 1974. They knew they were going to do something a little more campy. Well, they had to change. They had to change it with the times. They had the you know, right. They had to change and adapt. And this and, was uh, not the. Uh, this was not the first script that they had that they put together. The first one was, uh, I think, the working title for it was "Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre." And oh, were, you know what? I didn't know that. I don't. Yeah, the original storyline was going to be a. Uh, a satire, basically, like how it was basically Toby Hooper's, like, okay, Motel Hell came out several years after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Motel Hell was kind of a satire of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a manner right. of speaking with the angle of cannibalism and whatnot. And that this, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the script they had was going to be about a town of cannibals. Like a whole town, ah, like okay. inhabited by the Sawyer family, and it was supposed to be like you know, like uh, like a fictional town, like where they all ran off to and why they couldn't be caught. And right. they were just like in Canon Films, was just like, listen, you know, we're not going to give you that kind of budget. <laughs> so you know, they they took you know some of the elements with the the Texas Battleground amusement park that they had as their main you know like location for like half the movie. Uh, and they kind of took that angle of it, and that was what evolved into what we have seen today. But originally, yeah, it was supposed to be called Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and was about an entire cannibalistic town. I would love at some point, uh, I, I would love to think that that script had survived somewhere. I'd love to read Oh, it. can you imagine? Yes. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. You know, you, you I love it when you stumble across like first drafts or second drafts or the 39th draft of some movie and you're reading and you go, God, that was so different. Like, wow. You know, but it was cool about this movie when uh, when when they I, I saw this interview with uh, Kit Carson, uh, the screenwriter, and uh, he was talking about he goes, well, in the first movie, which, you know, he didn't work on that, but he, he but he uh, but he was talking about, wow, the first, you know, the, there were hippies. You know, the victims were of, the, of that, you know, age and, and of that time. And he goes, this, he goes, what? He goes, who, who would the, they, so they had an idea for the naming the family, the Sawyers. He's like, okay, so who would these guys in this movie, who would they want to kill? And he's, he says in this interview, it's really cool that he goes, he's in this mall 
He goes, he's in like this mall in the eighties and he's just watching people. He's people watching. He's just sitting around like just kind of checking shit out. And he's seeing all these guys in these, you know, these pastel color shirts and everybody's shopping and oh, buying yeah. all kinds of stuff. And he, and you know, he goes, you know, these were like the yuppies, not hippies. Now, now they're yuppies. And he goes, ah, he goes, these are the people they would kill. <laughs> you know, And it's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That'd be, from you hippies know, to yuppies. And, right, the first and he's like two characters they run into. They are the epitome of uh, 80s yuppies. That's for sure. Yeah, that and that's that's a great place to start this movie, and well, that's what I love about it. Um, What's their name? Rick the Prick. Rick the Buzz, Prick and, and and Buzz. That's it. Buzz. Yeah. And uh, and they're and it, it's it, they start the movie out just like it's just like it goes right into it, you know, like a perfect scene. Two fucking jerk offs that you from that time you're like they would just be the biggest dick wads you'd ever meet. And here they are, you know, cruising uh, to a party, um, and uh, you know, and then of course they're doing what maybe some Texas boys would do out there, you know, the Fire, drinking and driving and, and, out the window and, 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 and shooting a gun out the window. I know we weren't really allowed to do that in California where I was growing up, but <laughs> but out there it's probably that's probably pretty common. So anyway, they're shooting at signs, and they 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 eventually. Uh, you know, and they're shooting. Actually, they shoot a sign called Texas Battlelands so many miles ahead, and that turns out to be, you know, plays a big part in the story, of course. But it goes right into, uh, uh, it cuts right into, they call onto the radio show. So it goes right into our beloved character, uh, Stretch, played by K- the wonderful. K-O-K-L-A radio. Yes, played by the wonderful Caroline Williams. Um, she, uh, this is, uh, like, I guess her first big role. She'd done some stuff, but this was, um, this was her, the, the, this was her, uh, oh, big like, break. This was her starring, and, like, debut, or not her feature film debut, but, like, uh, I think she had done, a, like, a couple of bit parts before this, but this was her first big This was big her big, this, this is her big role. She plays Vanita Stretch Brock, uh, known as Stretch pretty much throughout the movie. And they, they call never in Benita in, in the movie at all, no, do they? I, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't remember hearing it. Um, but uh, the boys call in. They got like the mobile phone that's attached to the cord inside the car in the '80s for people that had some money. Uh, I don't. <laughs> right. I mean, you had to have money to have a phone in your car back then, or or somewhere. They're driving a Mercedes Benz, I think, a convertible, um, and they're. So they get they get stretched on the phone and and of course they're being pricks you know just uh, and uh, she's trying to get them off the phone. And now, uh, I got a what, question. You you you've been involved in the music business for you know for for many years, and you probably know a little bit about radio. Is that a legit thing that you know if you call into a place like that, they ha- can't hang up on you? That the person well, who calls in has to hang up? Is that a thing? It's not a radio thing back then. I don't know if you remember, but back then, uh, it, and it didn't always happen like this. Sometimes the phone would just disconnect. But if I called you on a phone, like the phones that they're using, I'm not talking about in the car, but a regular phone. Right. If I if I just stayed on the line and you hung up and picked the phone back up, I'd still be on the line. And you could torment people like they'd be like, "Hey man, hang up, fucker." All right, and you just sit there and you could so you could hold the phone, and like you know, and like you'd hang up. And if you pick the phone up 10 minutes later and I didn't hang up, I'd still be connected to you. You, so know, that's I the thing. That, uh, you know, now that you mentioned it, I do recall that um, we didn't have a phone until I was like probably 13 
or 14 actually had like a landline phone, you know? Right. But I do seem to remember that, you know, once or twice hanging up with somebody and then picking back up and they'd still, if they hadn't, you know, fully, even if they like went to hang up the phone and let the kind of askew that it would still be on there. So yeah, I guess that, uh, that, that does make yeah. sense. Well, that answers and, and, that story, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, and cause, and cause I remember, uh, I never really thought about it watching the movie. I, I, like I said, again, I've told you before this. I, I usually watch this a couple times a year. It's it's, it's like a comfort food. Movie. Oh yeah, I, this is at least on rotation one every once every three to six months at least. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I just love to put it on and watch it. It's it, again, I I'll be gushing about this for the next couple hours. But I mean, this is one of those movies where I just like to watch it over and over, and I have. It's funny though. I never really thought about it. I. I it wasn't until I don't know when I was thinking I got to thinking about the phone thing. It was like, yeah, I remember that because I remember doing that shit. Like people, like they'd be on like, get off the phone, fucker. You know, like you, <laughs> like you know, like you just be joking with them. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm all right. You, you sit there, you know, and you. And I think I don't know if that happened with everybody's phone. And I think after a while, it might just disconnect. I don't know, but. But, you know, you'd pick up the line, they'd still be on it. So you start pushing the buttons. Doo, doo, doo. Like you might hold one in, it goes, doo, you know. So it just kept making the noise. So you'd make them hang up because it was like annoying. Right. And shit like that. But I'm going to make a, a little mention here just because of the it's it's timely. So uh, it's a great, this radio station, KO, uh, KLA, is, uh, is a fucking cool scene to shoot where they shot all this and came up with this idea of the radio station thing. I love it. And uh, it's 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 really it's some of the coolest parts of the movie where she's with LG, who's your typical big tall Texan. You know, he probably he'd probably be a cool guy to go drink some beers with. And he could probably kick some butt too. You know, he's this guy, <clears throat> big Texas man who you know likes you know rock and roll and you know, driving cars and you know pretty women and, and hawk and loogies everywhere. This guy and is, is he's, he's a nasty. I mean, I, I love LG. Nasty. But like, especially upon this viewing, I was just like, you know, God, man, like that's his thing. Even like, you know, we're, we're spoiling things here, but like, even when he's being bludgeoned to death, right. he's still hawking loogies. He's just like, oh, I'm like, oh, oh come on, the fact like, that, not on the floor, you nasty motherfucker. Somebody's got to clean that shit up. Well, the fact, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he was outside, it's nasty enough, but he's spitting on the carpet, you know, inside the place, you know, and it's like, damn, LG, what's up? But I just say this real quick. Because just because of the time, and I'm just going to mention it, I remember watching it again when I watched it last night again, and then just thinking about the great uh, ZZ Top and Dusty Hill, the legendary bass player who just passed away. I just want to say this: when when I when she's got that ZZ Top T-shirt on, and uh, and the Eliminator album, the I ZZ did catch Top, the, the Eliminator album. album. Yeah, and she's got the ZZ Top shirt on, some old style ZZ Top shirt. And I was like, how fucking cool. I'm so glad that's in the movie anyway. But I because think the, you know, the poster for Afterburners even in the background during I, one I, scene. I, I think so. Um, but I, I, it was just, I, I saw that and I thought of Dusty. And again, you know, I was thinking of ZZ Top. And I saw him actually on the Eliminator tour uh, at nice, the LA Summer, nice. And uh, it was great. I'm glad I did. And God bless you, Dusty. You're a great bass player. And we're going to miss you if, if you're a ZZ Top fan. But anyway, seeing. Seeing that Texas girl sitting there in that ZZ Top t-shirt and that old radio station, that was like, oh, I'm so glad that was filmed like that, you know, and she had that shirt on. That was just so Texas, you know, God bless yep. Texas. That was, that was just so cool. And, 
And uh, I was really, and then seeing that, you know, again, he only died a few days ago. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's cool. All this easy time. Yeah, it was kind of bittersweet to, 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 to see that. I mean, it was cool, but it was just bittersweet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, but it, I'm glad it's there. Anyway, moving on, you know, it, this scene uh, is really fun. It really sets it up, uh, you know, you know, he, uh, she's like, you know, like LG, like she needs his help, and he's like trying to pull wires and plugs and try to, and like, well, I'm trying, darling. And like, Don't call me darling, you know. And he's looking for her, <laughs> and like, ah, you know, like you could tell there's like they, they love each other, but you know, like fuck off, LG, you know, leave me alone. You and that like, it's the type of group that have, <laughs> like they have that rapport with each other where they work together for years, right? Just right. Like, he can get away with calling her darling, but not too many damn times. <laughs> right, and you know, and and, and so. Anyway, our, our little pricks are still in the car, and they're like, "Yeah, who does you know? We'll get, you know, and they're going to the big party, you know, and she's like, yeah, the the best, the the biggest party of all time, and whatever whatever that dude says." And they're fucking, and uh, and they're talking shit back and forth, and they're just being dickheads to uh, uh, to uh, stretch. And she's trying to get him off the phone. LG's trying to get him disconnected, but there's a reason that. That it works out good because story-wise, um, it's kind of cool because at some point, um, they're, they're, they they decide to play chicken with an old, I think it's an old Chevy pickup. Um, oh, yeah, they play chicken with that truck, and it's the wrong motherfucker so to pick. They, they pissed, we don't see who's in the truck, but they pissed off the wrong motherfuckers. And uh, so it, it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, uh, you know, this is kind of in the daytime when this is happening. So they we they kind of set up. There's a little bit of danger going to happen here, and they've kind of pissed this guy off. When it goes back a little bit later in the story, uh, where she picks up the phone again, they find LG finally gets them off the phone, and uh, they're back yeah, and on it now. It's now it's dusk. It's like just just like just dark now. And yeah, this they is, call they call back. I mean, it's like. Uh, like I guess this is back in the day before they had caller ID, you know, and they right. could figure out who the hell it was that was fucking with them. Right, and she, and of course, they're they're still being assholes, and you know, and and you know, still drinking and just carrying on, and she can't get them off the phone. She's had enough. She's like, hang up, hang up, hang up. So, I, know, I love that uh, bit when she's just. It's like she pulls the Tom Atkins when he, you know, at the end of Halloween three, when he's like, "Stop it, right. stop, stop she it, just stop. Like, right, 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 exactly. Just like, hang up, hang up, hang up, motherfucker, but, hang up." That's a real cool scene because this is the setup. They're going across the bridge and it's lit so beautifully; it's all blue and just kind of, you know, kind of scary. And the shitheads see a truck with its lights on, and then it kind of pulls in front of them, and they're kind of like, "What the fuck?" And they shine the lights on them, and of course now they're in trouble. You know, what I mean, this truck pulls up to him, so Buzz thinks he's gonna like uh, get around it and kind of head, you know, head head past the truck real quick. Well, the truck don't give a shit; it's going in reverse. So they're basically going down the bridge in the same direction. Trucks in reverse. You know, the the punks are in their little Mercedes or whatever the fuck it is, and they're and they're fucking heading. They're trying to get around it and get past it, which they can't. And this truck's All hauling right. ass. Yeah, it's cool. Hauling ass for a truck that's going in reverse. Yeah. Or, and so it's, it's yeah. So it's I don't know one how, hell of a, how. One hell of a reverse gear. <laughs> I don't know how. Right, exactly. I don't know how fast they actually did this, but it, but whoever the driver was, was quite good. 
And uh, but it's cool because they they look up and they see uh, they see something uh, like uh, on in the back of the truck. And of course, um, it I think it's I think it's the dead version of Nubbins, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's I, it's, I, it's the hitchhiker from uh, right from the it's first his, Chainsaw Massacre. They're using them almost like a marionette puppet, right. where like uh, Leatherface is dancing behind him, so it looks like right. He's you covered know. up. You don't see him. You just see this mummified version of Nubbins. And what and, a name, uh, Nubbins. Nubbins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, dude's got fucking, he pulls up a chainsaw. Now, when they turn on the chainsaw, now it goes back to the to the radio station. And LG, you know, she's got the headphones on now. And they're still, and, and uh, Stretch has got the phone. And uh, they're they're going back and forth. And they can hear like in the on the they can hear the 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 chainsaw. And they're like, oh, is that a buzz saw? You yeah, know. So yeah. the kid the kids are freaking out. They don't know what to do. And and so uh, the the one the one guy grabs the gun uh, or he's got the gun and he takes a shot at the at Nubbins. He hits him in the head and knocks the head. And then now now you see Leatherface, the great Bill Johnson. Uh, uh, you see Leatherface for the first time. And uh, they're like freaking out, and now, as you would, uh, as you would. Uh, and <laughs> so he's he's taking that that big massive chainsaw, and he's while the car's still moving, uh, they're and they're on they're still on the bridge, the longest bridge in history. They're, uh, yeah, that that was the one thing that I had. That, that, well, one of the few things in my suspension of disbelief just wouldn't wouldn't get past is like how long was this bridge? <laughs> right, but, and, you uh, know. Fuck it. It's, it's, all a movie, right? it's a long bridge. That's all we need to know. And uh, so anyway, they're tearing the, he's tearing the car up. Leatherface is fucking his car up with this uh, uh, chainsaw. And it's good going. Now it's kind of inside and it's shredding everything up. And the kids are screaming. They don't know what the fuck to do. And, and this, this is, is where we get some of the, the first effect the, of the great Tom Savini. Yep. yep. Uh, this is this is the great. This is this is uh, the first effect we see. That's why they call them um, yeah. the Sultan of Splatter. Yeah. And so the uh, chainsaw gets the driver in the head and uh, it kind of kind of slices them down like kind of sideways on his face. Now we'll take a quick break from the story and talk about the um, the cool idea for this uh, this gag uh, in the documentary I'm referring to. Uh, it was Tom uh, Savini and whoever his I don't forgive me, but I don't know the name of the guy he was talking about. They said at what they were doing, they would after filming and doing different things, they would uh, at the end of the night they'd sit around in the car and talk about how they're going to pull off some of this shit. And they came up with this idea. Uh, he uh, Savini said he goes, yeah, you know, if you look at a if you look at a fake head more than three seconds, you know it's a fake head. So they didn't want to do like a big fake head. Thing. They, they came up with this idea of <clears throat> building like a cap, like a part of the head that kind of sat sideways on this kid's face. So to kind of go along the line of where the cut was. And they and they did a, uh, they took like a little bag, like a, I don't know if it was a condom, he said, or something they blew up. But they had a little air thing in there and they blew it up and it kind of raised the cap up and it gave the illusion that this kid's half his head was falling off. Yeah, Just like a sliding guy. down the side of his the yeah, top, so, top of his yeah. head was sliding down the side of his face, and it looks beautiful. Uh, and and uh, you look at it, you go, "Oh fuck!" Uh, the only thing you now, when they show the back of the head, 
but the parts already fell off and he talks about it here they that they cut out a lot of it where they had like these brain like these foam peanuts that were like flying out in the wind and like everything and that got cut he goes so he goes the stunt didn't come across as good as it could have looked but the fake head part when you see it from behind and all bloody you just see the blood's kind of squirting up there so he, we didn't get the full effect of the of the beauty of that scene that they had worked on but it's a kill it's a great kill i mean you know it's, and it's yeah, it is a great kill and, and considering that it didn't work out the way that they wanted and it still ended right. up looking fucking and phenomenal it's still than most things you see you know i mean it's like fuck you know i mean it's really it's a great kill and uh and so basically what happens is that uh, Stretch had, they, you know, because it's a radio station, they tape their callers. So they've got a cassette tape recording all this. And uh, our poor boys, finally, um, they crash. And, uh, and, or you find out that they do. They, it sounds like the call just kind of ends. And then we find out the next day. And this Yeah, way. this is where we get the introductions of the man himself, Dennis Hopper. Yep. Lefty, Lieutenant Enright. Yep, yep. You don't get much of a backstory from him other than when the other cop is kind of, you know, trying to get him off the scene, you know what I mean? And he's trying to, like, get him the hell out of there because they knows he's nothing but trouble. You find out, you know, that he is the uncle of Franklin and Sally. Right. And and that it was, you know, his brother's kids that had gotten killed in the original and that he was a former Texas Ranger. So, you know, he means business. You know he's super, uh, he's super fucking yeah. serious, and I and, and I love his introduction to this movie. Just like you're saying, you're describing the scene the next day, where you see it's basically it looks like it's off the side of a freeway, kind of like on an off ramp or something. I don't know exactly. It's kind of like this weird angle where this car looks like it flew off. Uh, yeah, and it almost like up. went up underneath. Right. The, it's kind of it's just, Yeah, it's like set up pretty good. It's all fucked up. Um, and they got a tow truck there and, you know, the guy's trying to, you know, whatever, trying to get this thing, you know, out, out so they can, you know, and so there's wreckage everywhere and you, you see him when he comes in and, you know, he just owns every scene he's in. I mean, he walks in and it's like, he's just, he's bad motherfucker from the word go, you know, you see him and he's just cool. You know, he's just looking around. You but can I tell, find like, it sad that like for many, many years until he had done the Super Mario Brothers movie that. Dennis Hopper considered this to be the worst film that he had ever done. Like, yeah, like, I've heard that too. Like, like, I've seen a lot of Dennis Hopper movies. I can think of several just off the top of my head that were much, much worse than Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, maybe he thought, you know, a horror sequel was something beneath him, but, you know, I, I, I yeah. you know. I, that's, you know, I look I at it like, it. well, that's, you know, I mean, that's his you know, how he felt about it. That's how he felt, if that's how he felt and and, and, and all that. But, you know, yeah, I agree. It's like you think, oh, wow, because we'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm in this movie. But, uh, you know, whatever, he's he's Dennis Hopper and he came and he delivered. You know, he did a great character. So if he didn't, if he didn't like it, well, thank God he, he didn't show it because he's he's a he's a fucking yeah. stud in this thing. I love it. Oh, and I a, love he's like, a bad motherfucker in this. He's yeah, crazy. You know, he is you, absolutely crazy. bonkers. And, and you don't fuck with this dude. And I love the way it's set up. Uh, there's a cool little thing, a little, little, little like a jump scare. It's not really like a, like a real jump scare, but it's kind of a cool thing they show. Um, we, we didn't mention, but the one kid, uh, the, the, the asshole with the gun, he, had, he was wearing these glasses the whole time that look like he's got somebody's eyeballs. Or like yeah, they're, they're the like the, 
the kind of I'm, joke store, you know, magic yeah, store. I remember, I, me- I, remember, I remember seeing those. I remember you could buy those. I remember those. I mean, I was laughing. And, uh, but it's a cool scene because he walks up and there's like a piece of the car laying there and you can see like big cuts in it and there's blood all over it. And he puts his finger in the blood and he kind of looks at the blood and he's looking at the things and then he moves the thing back and those glasses are sitting there with those eyeballs. They're not the kids' eyeballs, they're the, uh, the glasses' eyeballs. But it's cool because he pulls it back and all of a sudden they got the music ring and it's like, whoa, <laughs> this thing's staring at you. You know, right, it's, right. That's, that's it's creepy. Right. It's a cre- it's creepy and it's well done and whoever Toby Hooper whoever came up with that idea it was probably him, but I mean it was just it was just a cool shot. They pull that back and those glasses are there. Whoever thought that was a good idea, it was just a cool little little. It was quick a nice thing, little touch. It's, it's something that yeah. anybody else they would have cut it. It had been a throwaway yeah. scene, but it was just it kind of just was, showed you how personal things were getting with him. Yeah, and it was creepy. It was like yeah, it was it was definitely a good setup for like. You know, uh, that, you know, this he's not just showing up on the scene. He's got history here. You know, this isn't, you know, he, he's got a grudge. You know, he's seen shit. You know, he's not like these other cops that really don't give a fuck. It's just, you know, another a couple of drunk kids that got killed in a car wreck in Texas. Well, that's the care. note I had here is that the cops either, you know, the, the cop, the detective that he, you know, uh, kind of faces off against there for a little bit. Is this to me like they're either A, scared and they're covering shit up? Or they're just writing it off because they can't solve the, the cases. Right. Like even uh, Lefty says, you know, they write it off as accidents, you know, right. or disappearances. And like, you know, they're ignoring the fact that there's, you know, multiple chainsaw murders going on for over a decade all across Texas. And I would, you know, and I would agree. Like, I think they're, it's just probably just that. Like, we can't solve these. We don't really know what the fuck's going on. It's easier to write them off. You know, and close that way they're not open. You know, they could just write this off as a couple of drunk kids, teenagers, died in a car wreck. It happens all the time, you know. Just, you know <laughs> and like, like Lefty says, yeah, yeah, one of these kids raised so much hell, they saw their own <laughs> half their head off right. going 90 miles an hour. Right. It's a great line because it's like, it's exactly what you need to say to an asshole, that other cop. Like, 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 like fuck you, dude. You ain't, you ain't going to tell me nothing. You know, like. Well, and especially you know. when the cop is just like, you know, I got. I forget how he says the line or what the line is. He's like, but I got authority, you know, from the, the governor, or from the mayor, just put you on the next plane back to wherever it is you came from. Dennis Hopper's just like, well, you go ahead and do that, son. I'd like to see that authority. Yeah, like, I'd like to see that authority. And then he pops a cigarette in his mouth and is like, yeah. And just, sta- and just stares at him. Just stares <laughs> yeah. at him. Just like, yeah, fucking go for it. Man up. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, dude. It's fucking, uh, that's so, yeah. Watching He's, Dennis Hopper work, you would have never thought I, I wouldn't, you know, unless I had, hadn't read it. And, you know, I mean, he thought he thought what he thought about the movie, you know, is, you can't change that. But you would have never thought that he didn't give a shit in that. He right. Because he he was giving it 110 percent all the way. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, all right, if we if he didn't like it, he didn't sure didn't bring that to the job because he brought he brought bad motherfucker to the set. And he was great. And uh, he those eyes, man, of his. I tell you, real quick side note. Just because, you know, you don't see Dennis Hopper every day. But years ago, when I was a furniture mover, we were in Century City. And we used to go there all the time in the office buildings. And they had, like, a like a screening room there for, like, like for like executives and shit, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't for the public. When some movie company had something there. And apparently, uh, he was there. I, Dennis Hopper, I guess, was there. We didn't know that. 
weird coming out of an elevator, but he was there to, I guess, meeting with these guys and they were going to go watch this film. I don't know, maybe it was one that he was in or one he was producing. I don't fucking know. But I walk out of this elevator and there's a couple of well-dressed guys in suits and he was one of them. He was in this all black suit just standing there, you know, <laughs> and, I, and he looked over at us and I'm like, God damn it, that's Dennis Hopper. Fuck. You know, and I just kept walking like, you know, like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but. But, you know, he's fucking, he just kind of looked over and I'm like, fuck you, man. He was a good looking fucking motherfucker. Hair all slicked back <laughs> in that suit. And I was like, damn. Yeah, right. he was slick. And, and that was probably, day. and that was probably not, you know, it was in the 80s. So it was probably after this movie. But I mean, it was, he was in that at age. And uh, that was pretty cool. I was like, I was pretty impressed. I was like, whoa, I just saw Dennis Hopper. So that was pretty yeah, cool. And not somebody that you run into every day, you know? Right. You don't see, you know, hey, Dennis Hopper. But then he was there, so that was pretty cool. Anyway, but nice, back nice. so yeah, it was, it was cool. But yeah, so anyway, it was cool. They go um so so he basically after he tells him the uh, I'd like to see that authority, son. You know, and he pops a cigarette in his mouth, and of course the other guy, uh, the other cop, you know, he just got his ass handed to him. So they go and they head out, and uh, he just he's in a station wagon. <laughs> Another stage yeah, not the most movie. manliest of cars. It's kind of like yeah, macho car. And you think you'd have been in a wagon? You think you'd have been in a jeep or a truck or even a Crown Vic for God's sake? But he's in a station wagon, and uh, so but it was cool. He he backs up, and then they cut. Is this is a pretty cool scene? They go to the the hotel he's staying at, and of course there's a. You know, there's like a, I guess there's a big game in town. They're talking about a football game or something. Yeah, so, isn't, uh, isn't it supposed to be Texas, Texas? Wait, yeah, it's supposed to be Texas versus Oklahoma, big game. Yeah, it's a big, it would be a big rivalry between the two. And of course, it would be like, you know, 10,000 fucking raging maniacs in a hotels <laughs> getting drunk. Right. And, uh, so that's what it is. And uh, uh, Stretch shows up and uh, she's got, She's in the hotel, and as I real quick on a side note, I'm sure you got a note of this. Uh, our oh yeah, beloved, I think I know what you're you're aiming our, at here. Our beloved director Toby Hooper makes a little cameo when she's walking down the hall. There's all these drunken like football fans. Yeah, he's and, wearing the, the 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 Texas Longhorn hat. Yeah, with the horns on it, and uh, it's kind of cool because she's she's standing at Lefty's door. She's knocking on the door, kind of like wanting to get the fuck because a couple of drunk. Cowboys look like they're kind of eyeing her up, and you know she's, you know, rightfully so. She's a little nervous, and and then Toby uh, Hooper just kind of walks pat like through the scene, he turns around and throws something at one of the guys or something. Well, what he throws, I actually uh, noticed this several viewings back. He was a big fan of Dr Pepper. The man was always constantly oh, you're right, drinking yeah. Dr Pepper and smoking a cigar. So that's what he's doing. He's got a big stogie in one hand and he's got like an empty can of Dr Pepper in the other. Oh, and he hurl, is that and what he hurls threw? a can at. Him. Oh, yeah, that's okay. what he threw. He threw a can. Right. Yeah, another a little side note within the side note. Ah, all right, cool. Well, so he throws this. Uh, it's probably he probably just got done chugging it and walked in <laughs> right. and walked in to see because they said it was all he always had one in his hand like all the time. And uh, so anyway, he throws the can and then uh, he just goes through the scene and that's that's it for the cameo but it's cool and um yeah, it's like I, a little I, alfred hitchcock kind of style cameo <laughs> not something that, that means a whole lot but he's there i love those cameos so i always like that when they do that they, uh, the director is something that you know somebody that doesn't really act 
but they're in it. You know, like just a little snippet. It's kind of cool to see him. You go, ah, look. Yeah. So anyway, she's knocking on the door. Lefty lets her in, and and uh, you know, right off the bat, uh, it, it, you know, she's got this. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird scene because they don't really hit it off. She's trying to be helpful. And he's kind of like, you know, you're just going to get in my way, you know, and he's, he's like, I got this tape, you know, like the fucking, you know, tape of the actual, you know, these kids getting killed. And like, he doesn't even want to hear it. Like, you don't even care. Well, And he's got nobody helping him. And, and right. she's like the one person who wants to. And he just is kind of writing her off, you know. Yeah, he, he, you know, he, he pours himself some some a little drink and he's sitting there and he's just kind of like looking at the tape, looking at her. And she's kind of like saying, look, this could give me a chance to get out of, you know, this rock and roll station, you know, and I can help you out. And, you know, and I can, you know, and like, you know, and and so he, he's basically giving her the bums for us. And I'm just kind of like, nah, you know, you're just going to get in my way. And he shows her to the door. And he just kind of pushes her out, <laughs> you know. You know, didn't even really got to interject for a second. Yeah, there's the reason why he looks the way he looks too, because he looks like he's either a really drunk or he almost kind of got beat up. He looks bad, and he's he's actually wrapping his wrist in a bandage. If you notice, when she comes in, he had fucked himself up there was there was a scene that was supposed to be filmed and i'm almost positive it never got filmed i found out about this uh through a couple of trivia sites and through the uh some behind the scenes documentary and an interview with toby hooper himself there was a nightmare scene where it was supposed to be him in a a, like a fever dream that was like you know because he was drinking all that tequila that he had this nightmare standing in the middle of that room where a bunch of chainsaw blades started coming through the walls from different, like dozens of them were coming through the walls and he was freaking out because that's why he has that whole thing. He's like, you know, talking to the Lord about fear. And he's like, show me what I fear Lord. So I don't fear it no more. He was having a nightmare and he was woken, woken up by that nightmare of all these chainsaw blades coming in the room, coming up out of the floors, out of the ceilings and the walls. And that's why he was kind of out of it when she came in now i don't i don't know if that if, if that was ever filmed but I'm, i i don't think it ever was but it was in the script wow so i think that's, that's fucking... why it kind of has that bit of a weird transition because that's what you know what i mean that's what was supposed to preface that scene but you know and again that kind of makes it like make a little bit of no not make any sense of why he would kind of push her away but if they had left that scene in or actually shot it because i'm not sure if they shot it or not i'm almost 100 percent sure that they didn't you know, it's funny. He does look. I remember every time I've seen this thing when he does open the door, and I've said to myself, he looks like he does look made up. Like, like he looks, he looks like sick. He's sick. He looks ill. And 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 I've and they talk about. You know, we we were we were talking before about this, but in within the story, um, you know, there is a lot more storyline between him and uh, and Stretch. And uh, and there's a lot of stuff that they had to cut out, which would be like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the stuff that that just definitely should have been put it, you know, in a special director's thing. You know, there should be something where we could see this stuff. Right. Right. And and uh, how much of it got shot or how much of it just like ended up on the cutting room floor or got excised from the script altogether. Well, that was another thing, too, that they're. It's hard to say what did get shot unless you, because uh, again, when you listen to Kit Carson talking about uh, about uh, when he was writing it, they were changing the script throughout the whole shoot. 
he was literally on the set typing, like, you know, like just like literally sitting there typing and, and pulling copies. They were, they'd come over to his typewriter and he'd, they'd, he had pulled the scene out and then hand it to him. I can't <laughs> you know, imagine working like, under that yeah, kind of repression. Talking about being well, down to the wire. You know what? But he was saying, he goes, in the end, he goes, it was really, he, he, glad, he was glad he went through it. You know, because it really, you know, it, like that'd be something like, you know, that'd be like a, like a fight. Like, you, you don't want to get in a fight, but if you fought the big bad dude and maybe you didn't win, but you got a few shots in, at least you got some stripes on your fucking shirt. shirt you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like he went through this crap. It probably was hell at the time, but he said he said he was literally like writing scenes and he goes, they were filming so fast. He's got a story in there where uh, uh, he was typing and somebody was looking over his shoulder and they said, hey, don't worry about that scene, kid. We already we just filmed that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I'd be like, I'd be like, what, motherfuckers? <laughs> like, what am I working on? But yeah, he said, "What are supposed but, to be uh, doing here, right?" Yeah, but they, he was. He goes. He goes. Yeah, I was sitting there. They were. They were changing stuff so often that they were literally just. They would come up with a different way to do something. He goes, but they, they, they had a reason too. They they right when they were starting to shoot, getting ready, literally like right before they're about to shoot, they uh, Toby Hooper got a call from the from the money guys, and they said we're cutting a million from your budget. So they had a million dollars yanked out from us. So you can imagine, you know having a million dollars yanked out from under you and then you have to figure out, okay, what aren't we going to do and still make this killer movie? Because we obviously yeah, like how are we going to finish this movie with a million less? Right. So they took a million away from him at the last second. So, you know, they, they went through and he had to, he had to, he had to fix a lot of shit. Uh, and they, they weren't going to, you know, I, I don't want to get into this part of the story yet, but when we get into, when they get to the battle land, there's a lot of cool stuff that happened in there, but so back to where we're at. Um, oh, and there's another quick story. And you're talking about uh, Dennis Hopper and his 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 method of acting. They said in this documentary that uh, it was very interesting that uh, being a method actor and that they said before, like right before they'd say action, uh, Dennis Hopper would spin around in a circle really fast. Really? He'd, spin around, he'd spin around in a circle real fast to get dizzy, and then and then he'd do the scene kind of in this half, like to make his eyes look fucked up. Or I don't know. Now, yeah, that's method right there, man. He's saying, you know, like, and he would do. Now I don't know if that was every fucking scene he shot, but he said he would do this a lot. Uh, I don't know if that was Kit Carson that said that or who, but somebody in, that was on the set, you know, this was a person there that was standing there watching it. And uh, being made, and uh, and they say that he would just spin around. I could just imagine some little Tasmanian devil, and then they, you know, and then they'd go into the scene, and then he'd be like, you know, his head would be all fucking dizzy and shit, and he'd like, go through the shit. And, no wonder he always looked like he was out of his mind. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just like part of his this thing. But anyway, so this is really cool. This scene set up. Um, now I heard in the story. This is really cool from. Caroline Williams in the documentary. Pardon me for I'm, I'm referencing the documentary because it's it's so cool to when you're talking about the movie because we're talking about oh, the movie. of course these little behind the scenes from the actual actors is great. This is the scene they said she said they shot when she first met uh, Lou Perryman, who is our beloved uh, LG. Uh, Lou Perryman, the actor, uh, he plays LG Peters, 
our cowboy from the station. She goes, this is the scene. She leaves uh, uh, detective, uh, Lieutenant Enright, uh, Dennis Hopper's hotel room, and she's right back into this. They're, they're basically at a, like, the chili cook-off. They're having a big thing, and she's there on behalf of the radio station to cover the big chili cook-off. <laughs> and he's, yeah, because he, LG is making her a fry house. Right, he's making, I'm making, can I make you a fry house, honey, or whatever he says, that famous <laughs> line, that I should know it, but I, I can't know. Oh, I remember it, it's, it goes like this. <clears throat> well, darling, I made you a little fry house. Right. <laughs> and he is, he's making this thing, it's about as big as a fucking single wide trailer he's making, I don't know, he's got a thousand fries there, and it looks well built, and it looks like a, like a, it looks like a, like a little log cabin made of fries, and she said this is the first scene that they actually shot uh together and uh and it's a cool scene because another beloved character uh is in this scene he's making the fry house for her and there's some cool banner between them the they're having a chili cook-off of course and we're having the big chili cook-off contest and the ladies ring-a-ding-a-ding in the bell and and uh everybody's gathered around and she they have the 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 trophy with like it's the state of Texas with like a big colander of chili on top of somebody's pouring <laughs> chili in it, all and it's running all down it. And of course, uh, here's here's we see our beloved Jim Cito, um, who oh, is the love is that the man. Uh, now, I yeah. gotta tell a little story. I actually got to meet him. Oh at my! One God. of the last conventions he had done. Uh, it was in uh, somewhere in Ohio. I don't remember, but it was the 25th anniversary of, uh, uh, no, the 20th anniversary of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So when it was in 94, I would have been a junior in high school. And I got to meet him and Gunner Hanson, oh. Marilyn Burns, Edwin Neal, John Dugan. But Jim said I was there. And I remember walking up and I had a Night of the Living Dead t-shirt on. And my little story of meeting him, he was a really fine gentleman. I mean, he was really funny and, and he was very personable. But the first thing he said, he looked at me, he's like, what is this? Out of the, the Night of the Living Dead crap you got on your shirt. He's like, this is a Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre show. You got to take that off or put something new on. <laughs> he, gave me, he gave me a bunch of hell. And then he promptly apologized to me and my mother who had brought me there. And he's like, oh, I'm just joshing around with you. What do you got the sign, kid? You know, but it was just funny because he gave me a whole bunch of hell for wearing an Island Dead t-shirt to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre show. But, <laughs> but he was great. That was the, the first time I met any of them. I had met uh, Gunner, you know, a couple times after Marilyn Burns. But uh, yeah, that that was that was that's my my one little bit of getting to meet Jim Sidow. And I was so starstruck getting to meet most of them that I I'm not the talkative gent that then than I you know uh, that I am now. <laughs> so I didn't say a whole lot. I was extremely intimidated by the people, and I wish I hadn't clammed up and had said more because it, it was it was quite quite interesting fellow to me. But th there you go. That, that, that's, that's a my, cool that's story. story. You know, I'm <laughs> the same way though. I can sit and yak to you all day, or yakety 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 yak. But yeah, I get I get that way. Like I usually, if I'll see them, a lot of times, I won't even say anything I, I, I'll, maybe i'll come up and say hello and shake a hand or something but yeah i, I climb you do up the obligatory, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, 
Yeah, he goes. You know, yeah. It's like, what have you? What are you going to say to some of these people that they haven't heard a million times before? I loved you in this. I'm such right. a big fan. You know, I always usually preface anything. I'm like, listen, I don't have anything original to say, so I'm just going to tell you, I'm a big fan. I love you. I love your stuff, and that's about it. <laughs> right. But it's like, yeah, right. Hey, probably. Excuse me for yawning. I'm sorry. I, I was up late. <laughs> but uh, no yeah, excuses. Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> no excuse. God damn it, we're doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 story, you idiot! Look what Anyways. your brother did to the <laughs> door! <laughs> your bro- <laughs> Break, wrong movie, wrong movie. You're tired! <laughs> but anyway, in you, in so this, this is the great scene where Jim Sadow is, um, is uh, it's the contest. You don't see him yet. They, they, they're, everybody's gathered around, and um, in uh, the backpack... LG's got like the this big hunk machine thing with this funky little cord on it, and it looks like some 1950s microphone that it probably uh, was. <laughs> yeah, stretches hole. It looks like some Elvis would use to sing Teddy Bear in, and um, and uh, they got so she, she's holding them this funky microphone, and they're gonna like interview the winner or talk to whoever the crowd, and uh, so. Uh, they had introduced, uh, you know, and then there's Drayton Sawyer, the cook, our beloved cook from uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The, the and he comes up there. actor from the original. The only returning yes, person. Yeah. And uh, he's got his little fishing hat on type thing and a little funky little suit. And he walks up there. And, of course, you know, just that, you know, right off the bat, you're like, oh, there he is. We all love this dude. I mean, he's so he's got the coolest look. He's just so perfect in this role. And, and even and, if uh, you didn't know who he was, it, just to say for argument's sake, you went into this movie blind and you had never seen the original, you would know right away that something ain't right with this guy because there's just a gleam in his eye that just like, this guy ain't all there. He ain't, right. he ain't. He, he's, it's in the eyes. I mean, I mean, he smiles, his teeth, you know, it's funny. It's like, all right, he's he like, but it's a, he's got this eye, his look in his eyes, like like Dennis Hopper's got his look. It's right. like, yeah, don't fuck with this guy. <laughs> he will cut you up in a barbecue. You know, like, right. you know, like, you know, he's not an actor. He will kill you. And right. he, really is, he, is, he really is Drayton Sawyer. But anyway, <laughs> it's, 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 it, <clears throat> it's a great scene. Uh, the lady, like, announcing everything, you know, she wants to take a bite of the of uh, the chili, the award winning oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, This is a great scene. She's like, she's chewing and looking at him while he's, you know, ah, thank you, folks. You know, and he's got his this hands. This town loves prime meat. Prime, prime meat. You know, it's like, it's a great, you know, it's like, oh, you just love everything that comes out of his mouth. He's just, it's just, it's just gold. It, it, it's gold. It's, everything he it, says it, is gold. I wonder how much of it was scripted and how much it was just like them turning the camera on Jim Sidow and just letting him go nuts. Well, yeah, yeah, it's probably a lot of that. Like, I'm sure they did the same thing with Bill Mosley, the Chop Top. It was like, just let just they kept doing take after take of things just to let him do, just to let him do another take. But you know, be be Bill Mosley, you know, like the same thing with here. Be fucking, you know, be Jim Sadow, and just fucking. He probably just every time they took a take, he probably said something different. Right. They probably was. I bet it was a bitch to edit. I bet that was a bitch to edit. (laughs) Their asses off. You know, he's just one of those guys. Probably just said something funny as shit every time. So anyway, she's chewing on things, and then you could see, like, if you're not paying attention, you're looking at him. But if you're looking, if you're kind of paying attention, all of a sudden she's like, she's like, you could tell, like, she's she she bit into something, and she pulls something out of her mouth, and you could tell it's it's not what he says it is. 
He reaches over and takes that ring. And goes, oh, yeah. that's one of those long, one of sh- hard shell with peppercorns. And yep. you get, I think it was a tooth. Yeah, it's a tooth. It I is. Think a, it might have been a tooth. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. He pulled this out of her hand, and, and and like, well, you assume it is. He, I mean, you don't really see it, but it's white. It's big. It's like a fucking tooth or a bone. You know, whatever. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, a piece of bone or something. Some I, piece of gristle or something that didn't need to be in there. It's not from uh, uh, a cow, you know. <laughs> right. You know, this is, you know, and we know, you know, this is this shouldn't be in there. You shouldn't be eating this so anyway. So he pulls it out of her hand, kind of plays it off. Ah, oh, it's a hard shell peppercorn or something. Just kind of like oh, there. But, yeah. But here's was, a question I got for you. This looked like it was being held in a hotel like conference room, right? Right. Was this, do you think, though, they never say it, and it probably doesn't matter, but this is how my mind works and how I overthink things. Was this meant to be the same hotel Lefty was staying in, and maybe the Sawyers were downstairs that whole time when Lefty was upstairs in his room having well, his see, nightmare, getting his drink, I, drink on? I The way it's cut, it looks like she walked down, and then and then the way it's cut, it she looks like she walks downstairs, and you know, and fucking LG because she's wearing the same clothes. I think. But right, I think she doesn't she's, change. Uh, well, no, she doesn't. She's. Uh, you know what? She's wearing the same fact, clothes. She's she's putting on a jacket or taking off a jacket, so she did have a change at least of the jacket. So maybe it wasn't the same. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the same hotel. But no, I always no. thought maybe because. The way it's filmed, and it's almost like a convention, you know what I mean? Like hotels are full of crazy, everybody's drunk. And then, you know, and they're there for a game. And then, like, they had the big cook-off downstairs. That's what I always kind of thought. Like, it seemed like everybody was there. That could have been a different room. I don't know. But it was, it seemed like it would have been in the same area. Like, I always thought it was the same. To me, in my mind, it always seemed like, like LG was like downstairs, she went up there to Lefty split, but I don't know how that would have played out and where she would have known. I don't know. It's it's hard to. I guess Who it knows? doesn't Maybe matter. Maybe we're overthinking it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably overthinking it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But <clears throat> it would make it would kind of make sense. He's in town. He's staying at the hotel. There's a bunch of crazy guys partying about the game, and and uh, you know maybe maybe the game was already over, and that's why she said that. Like you know they about the game and, you know, and then the chili contest, like it was already over. She was there. I don't know. You know maybe there were some other scenes that got cut and he wasn't at that hotel. It, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, so, but that is a good question. Uh, it would be kind of funny to know, like, if it wasn't the same thing. Because to me, it always seemed like it was. Like it was down in the lobby, you know, like that. Yeah, that's you know. what I'd always thought. That it was just <laughs> down the lobby, scene. like, oh, she went downstairs and like if Lefty had just right. believed her or maybe followed her, he could have had the one of the Sawyers right then and there. Right. They all, like LG was down there waiting for her and he's doing a fry house and you know, and she came downstairs and like now she had to do the radio spot. I don't know, it's hard to say. However, moving right along, it goes into another great scene. There's so many. It goes oh, yeah. into another every, fucking... every scene just leads to another great scene ah. in this movie. It's so, yeah. And this is a great fucking scene. This is where uh, Lefty shows up at, uh, what was the name of the place? Cut Right? Cut Right Chainsaws. Cut Right Chainsaw. <laughs> he shows up at the chainsaw, little chainsaw place. And this is like, okay, you grew up in L.A. 
you don't really like this looks like just some old boy, good old boy in the fucking shop. But when you live out here, like, you know, and this is these little shops like this guy that runs this cut right place just seems like a, so many guys you see in these little shops. Like, you know, he's on the phone. He's got somebody, you know, he's like giving him a hard time or somebody at the house. He's handling. I'll be already to sir. And he's flicking on the lights for you. Like, so you can go look at shit while he's on the for trying to finish this call. And it's just so. It's just so Midwest, you know, it's just, so, right. you know, like, you know, he's got this little shop. It's not the best looking shop, but he's an honest guy, you know, and he's got a, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like the, you know, he's just, it's kind of a ramshackle, like chainsaw shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a small town business guy. You right. Know? It's a small town dude. He's probably been there 50 years, you know, probably belonged to his dad. But it's cool because Lefty is in there now, and he's like, you know, he's still like dressed like the like the whole thing. He's got this cool like the big cowboy hat on, his jacket with the little lapel things on, and he's and he's in there. And he's looking for. So while this guy's still on the phone, uh, he finally hangs up. He walks into the scene. Lefty had like already taken like a whole bunch of money, hundreds, and threw them down on like a big. Oh yeah, uh, he throws down at least like a grand down. down yeah, there's a stump like in there. Like in the middle of the shop, he throws this money down in there, and the old timer's like, you know, can I help you? You know, and he's just lefty's not saying anything. He's just pulling shit off the wall and like waving shades all around, waving like, around. He's like testing the weight of it. And right, I don't believe testing the weight, like the balance, the weight, like, and then holding both of them, waving around, and you could just see like, you know, he's obviously not thinking about chopping them trees and doing these maneuvers. <laughs> right. And this guy, and this he never guy, says a word, does he? This no, entire he scene. He, he doesn't say shit. I don't think he says one word. And the other guy's just like, you know. And so Lefty finally picks three chainsaws, like two, two kind of ones that you could like hold and like put on, like put them on like guns on the side of your belt. Yeah, and, and more like when you could wield them with one hand if need be. Right. And and uh, so the guy picks up the money, but this is cool. They don't just let him leave. He says, well, yeah, you want to test him? You know, they got gas in them. And so there's a big testing tree laying out in the, in the bucket. Oh, God, the scene. And, and it's so great because you can tell there's a lot of cuts in it where they've been, you know, like you come in and buy a chainsaw. Well, by God, you want to test it, right? Yeah. You're not gonna so they got, they got gas and oil in them and shit. And, you know, he's out there. He's out there, like, whacking on this fucking thing. And then the guy, <laughs> the old cut right guy, he's like, he's like, at first, he's like kind of blown away, and then all of a sudden, he's like, ah. <laughs> like he's getting excited watching. Well, he has a line that I wrote down. I don't know if you, you caught oh, this line. Something. My, he says, My, my kid something. banana. He's like, yeah. Oh, my kid banana. And he's laughing. I'm like, What the fuck does my kid banana even mean, man? Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he says something. Yeah. And it, it's something. And then he's like, And then you see the smoke, and. Uh, the, uh, there's, you know, the trees fucking shit flying everywhere. Oh yeah. Sawdust flying sawdust everywhere. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's cool. Cause like fucking, um, uh, you know, lefties is whacking this thing. And the, and the thing is, and the dude looks like he's getting excited. He's kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> he, he looks like he's not ready to, he's like almost ready to come down his own yeah, leg right. or something. <laughs> know, it's like, it's funny. Cause it's like. Well, this guy was like, kind of like, what's this old, what's this old boy doing in there with these plays? But then he's out there. He's like, oh, you're just as fucked up as Lefty is. You just weren't showing it yet. Hey, right. like, what's your, what's your story? 
Like, ah, 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 ah. he's looking at the, like, watching Lefty. You know, with all the sequels and all the remakes and reboots they've done of uh, Chainsaw Massacre, I want to know a solo movie about that dude, the guy who ran the cover of Chainsaw. Yeah, they could have, that guy could have been used again down the road in one of the other uh, uh, installments. They definitely, I mean, he's somebody like, just the way they're, you know, like I'm saying, him. Initially, it was just some guy running the store, but in the end, there when he starts acting up, it's like, oh, this guy's fucked up. <laughs> but um, it's Texas for you, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what's you know what we don't know behind you know closed doors and these little these little shops and barns out in the middle of nowhere. What's going on behind there? You know, you, we don't know. And uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> but uh, so we uh, where are we at now? Oh, so. Uh, uh, Enright leaves, and we go back to uh, we're back at uh, KO uh, KLA's radio, yeah. and uh, we're assuming that uh, uh, well, it looks like um, looks like Stretch just got back from the from the radio spot, <laughs> the chili cook off. Now she's she's she walks up, and then lo and behold, we got lefties because he, you know he blew her off initially. So she's she's he's sitting on the steps waiting for her. So she's kind of like, oh, what's going on? So he he basically uh, agrees to help her or wants her help rather, but in not really exactly the way like she wanted. She he wants her to start playing the tape. And, yeah, because he says, you know, yeah. it's like if maybe if you play it, people will take me serious, and the, and the, right. the local cops will start treating me like an idiot. But, I mean, to me, like, from the get-go, I can tell by his face, especially when she leaves and goes upstairs to the radio station, he's, he, I mean, as much as I love the character, he's setting her up. Right. He's setting her up and using her as bait. Like, it's, like, pretty fucking damn apparent to me. And later on, yeah, later on, he he, he admits it. Yeah. Uh, that when oh, yeah, he when says straight when up, we, he goes, we, I used you, girl, but don't worry, I'm here now. And it's like, oh, gee, right. thanks. Yeah, he, he, right. Uh, later in the story, but uh, uh, so so she goes along with it, and they start playing the uh, they they start playing the tape, and uh, of course LG is not too happy about it. Um, they what happens is she plays the tape initially, and we get a cool we get a cool uh, shot of uh, the cook. He's got like a food truck, um, and nice he's driving truck. back. Yeah, and he's he's like you know, and his wacky little fishing hat and his little suit, and he's got a he's got an old radio like on the dash, and he's got his uh, he's got his trophy kind of sitting in the seat, I guess, next to him. Still leaking chili he, all over the place, right? And he's like he's all happy in her shit, and she starts playing the tape. Well, he gets a phone call. He's got a phone. He's got a phone inside that van. And uh, he 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 gets pissed off, and obviously it's you know one of the one of the family get, getting a hold of him, and he's like, "Well, I, I told you not to call this phone." You know, he's like giving him shit like he does, and then uh, he turns on the uh, radio, and yep. of course they hear the screaming of and the, the teenagers and the chainsaw. And... So he knows what's going on, and this is a cool scene. Uh, this is a cool stunt because this is a big ass fucking. They do a thing where he they show a shot. Of the food truck hauling ass, and then you know it's like after he got the phone call and he's mad as fuck, he like slams on the brakes or does something and kind of spins. The, I know it's not him driving, 
but it's him, you know, in the oh, band. I would hope not. Yeah, like I don't think he would do that. But but the way it looks, it looks like he gets pissed and like I don't know if he's gonna flip a U-turn or what. But he he goes off the side of the road, steps on the shit, and then and the truck slides sideways. I mean, this is a good stunt because this thing could easily tip over, you know. And uh, and oh, yeah. uh, so, Those so it's a cool not thing. meant for doing stunts like that. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not a big car stunt, but it was like whoever did that was a good driver. I mean, because they could have fucked up. And uh, so anyway. Uh, they cut to the station. She's been playing the tape, and LG um, is not happy. Uh, she's playing tunes, and then, like, I guess every hour she's playing the tape. And LG is No, I might make, may make a point here, is that the soundtrack for this movie, not just the incidental music, the theme music. Right. The actual songs they play the are great. got a lot of, like, like yeah. Oingo Boingo, the, the the cramps, you know, a bunch of kind of early eighties yeah. pop rock and punk rock. Yeah. No, it's great a great soundtrack, by the way. Yeah, it's a who's who of uh song great songs. Uh that cramps goo goo muck that they played earlier. Oh my god, that's oh, such a one of my favorite cramps song. tunes, man. Oh my god, that's so fucking good. And then Owen Go Boingo and No One Lives Forever. I mean, it's a, they got every they got Concrete Blonde, Timbuk Three, you know, fucking uh, Stuart Copeland's even on a there. They of- got a couple Timbuk Lords of the New Church, and a couple a couple ones from uh, them and Concrete Blonde. They've got several songs by them in there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. They picked some great songs that were that were just perfect. I mean, they were just they were great. They're great songs, and they fit. It, you know, especially in the radio station scenarios. You know, between stuff, and they'll kick on a tune. It's like it's really cool. You hear it. You go, Oh yeah, I remember that tune. That's a they just like it's a jamming tune. It was it's great. Yeah, and. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so back, back is, to an LG's LG's uh, not, he's pissed off at stress, but he's not so pissed off that he's still not trying to hit on her. He's always trying to get her to right. go out for coffee and calling her darling, but she never she she won't have any of it. There's uh, there's the cool in this documentary again, I'm referring to when they're interviewing him uh, there there. She uh, they, you know, I guess Toby uh, Hooper was, you know, asking him, how do you want to play this? And. He's like, well, how would he play this? He'd be like thinking he's cool, like Paul Newman, like leaning up against the door, you know, looking like he's a real cool daddy, you know. And of course, she wants really nothing to do with him, even if she likes him. And no matter what he does, like he's not going to get the girl, you know. It's like, you know, and, and he's just trying to be yep, this cool daddy. It's not that and, kind of movie. Right. He's not going to get her. He's not going to be the, you know, even though he does something heroic. You know, it's it's like, you know, he's he's not, you know, he's not going to get, you know, but he tries to play the cool dad, you know, the daddy, cool daddy. And he's not, he's not that guy. And so he's just, and then of course, you know, he, with the spitting and all the other shit, he's just, he's just, he's just kind of a strange egg, but he's, he's a good dude. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's uh, yeah he, means, he means well, he's just, this, he's, let's, yeah. let's just say he's kind of <laughs> gross. He's kind of gross. So. So he's leaving. He he's gonna. I think he wanted to take her out for a cup of coffee. Yeah. And she didn't. When she didn't want nothing, he ends up leaving for the night. It's it's like late now. It's like and this, I guess you're uh, waiting for that guy, Lefty, right? He's out. Yeah, you're waiting for Lefty, right? 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 He's so, obviously jealous as hell. Right. He's like, oh, Lefty's you know, right. Okay, I see how it is. You know, it's kind of that thing. So he leaves, and oh, we think he's left for the night. And uh, now she's in the studio by herself, and she can hear noises. And this is where it just gets all fucking crazy, man. 
I mean, this is this is the where it gets setup. dialed up to eleven, and it never really slows down. It doesn't down. stop. It does. This is like what, about midway through the movie, a little less this than is, midway. I don't even think we're midway yet. I mean, I think we're, yeah, we're we're getting there, but we're not. I mean, they they ramp it up, man. The minute you see the great Bill Mosley, Chop Top, this is the fucking the fucking wildest scene ever, man. It's like you know we, we all a, know. I mean, he's a legend. Let's face it, you know, living legend in this business. Right. Other than a cameo bit part in one other movie about four years earlier, mm-hmm. this was his feature fi- film debut. Right. Right. Like, and what a fucking debut! Like that, he's the reason to show up for this movie. If there's any one single reason to show up, I mean, everybody is great in it. Caroline Williams is great. Dennis Hopper, Bill Johnson is great. Jim Sidow, obviously, but like. Mosley, yeah, Chop Top. He's he's the MVP. When you he is man. When when you first see him, and he's sitting there, <laughs> and you don't know who he was, especially if you don't you don't know who he is yet. You know, when you first see it, you're like, what the fuck? He's got this wig on. You don't know it's a wig yet. And he's just like, he, <laughs> right. you know, just the way he's so he looks. He already looks like he's dead. You know, he's so pasty. He looks like a living gray. Gross. Yeah, he's you know his teeth are just just fucking disgusting. He's got these hippie glasses on, you know. He's a so you find out he was a vet, you know. He's got a and sun, uh, Sonny Bono wig, dude. <laughs> Sonny, yeah, he's got and he's got, you know, the fucking the metal hanger that he's heating up with a wire. I mean, heating up with a heating up with a lighter that he's heating it up and then putting it up and then he can hear the sizzle when he goes up inside the wig and scratches his head and then he pulls and, it out and he pulls and off always chunks picking, of flesh and yeah, little bits of flesh, flesh that he eats. And it's yeah, like, that must smell. That must have smelled. He must have smelled really good. Oh my god, dude! It was like you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And it's so fucking weird. It's like one of the grandest never, entrances of like a great horror yeah. movie villain ever. And, and he's chewing on the little chunks of flesh, and he's talking to, to poor Stretch. And it's, it's too <laughs> great. She does it now. To her credit. To not you know to to let the let not lefties credit sorry <clears throat> to to stretch's credit she handles this pretty well I mean because she tells him right. you know hey, hey lameo we're fucking closed there's the door and he want he wants a, a tour you know he right. actually he wants, wants a, tour. a tour of the place she does so, a damn good job of holding herself together like in the face of that fucking shit because she's got to know you know she's got to know you know th- th- this guy is as far from real yeah. as could be like right? if you met, i don't care how tough you think you are being a guy you this guy would fucking scare you if you were sitting there in the middle of a fucking night all by yourself in a building with him and he's kind of <laughs> standing he's kind of standing in front of you not really giving you like space <clears throat> yeah and definitely kinda, within kinda, your bubble yeah, he's kind of coming toward you. He's he's pulling flesh off his head and eating it off a hanger. <laughs> it's like you would be. Sh- I don't care how what of a badass you are. You'd be shitting yourself. You know, you'd be shitting yourself. That's how scary he is. And 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 so you know, she gives him this quick kind of fuck off tour. Like, okay, and here's this, and here's that, and I here's a lamp. The tour. And this, I love and, the and, tour and, when she's because she's like, like here's a Rolodex, <laughs> here's a lamp, right? Here's, here's a little talking shark. Here's a rubber man. Here's an armadillo. And there's the exit sign. Now go. Right. So I love it because this is a great scene because he walks over and he stands and he goes, E X I T exit. You know, and he's standing there. 
like and you're watching like, an episode of Sesame and Street. <laughs> and so he's looking at her, and then it's cool because she's not saying anything. Like, she's gonna look at him. He's looking at her, and she's like, "Okay, bye." And he's like, "Bye." And then and she's like, "Okay, you know, good night." You know, whatever. You know, and he look at her. Uh, good night. Good night. You know, like it's, he's just like you know this fucker ain't leaving. Like you know, you know. <clears throat> I'm probably gonna get killed right now, or something bad's gonna happen. This is—he's like, not gonna. This guy's gonna this try fucker. to kill me. It's just a matter of. Uh, it's just a matter of when is he gonna try when to kill you? What weird utensil he's gonna use on me? Because he's not leaving. You know, this guy's not gonna walk out. It's creepy as fuck, and and you're just sitting there, and it's so the tension. Like when, like you know, he's just a time bomb. Wait, like it's like what? What is he? What's gonna happen? And it's so brilliant. Well, it's just like you're watching a bomb. Getting ready to go off, but you don't. You can't see the fuse. You don't know when that fuse is going to burn out and when the, when he's just going to, you know, it's like, snap. It's like a jack in a box. Like it's like opening up a can of biscuits, just like Like once I hate that theory. Like right, and it's not like anything's going to happen. But you know, like when you're doing the biscuits, but yeah, it freaks you out. But it's really cool how they set this up because you think. You think he's going to jump at her or something. Right when they get in this doorway that's all blacked out in the background, like the light's off, all of a sudden the light comes on and and fucking there's Leatherface, fucking full-on chainsaw fucking just going, you know. And he comes rushing up through the door, and he accidentally gets chopped (laughs) up in the head. And, and of course, oh yeah, well, sparks flying the everywhere. The sparks. I mean, what a great scene! Because what a great reveal. Now the wig's off; it's all tore up. And we see that this fucking guy has got a plate in his head, and he's pissed off because it's all dented. You hit my plate, you know? And they're looking, oh shit, his, his plate's burning. It's hot, burning right, his he's brain. Like, yeah, he's like, my brain is burning. Could have sent me back to the VA with a dent in my plate. Dent my plate. And like you know, and he, oh you didn't you. You, know, you messed up my bloody boner wig, you know, and he's like holding it, you know, and he puts it's it on. Great, it's great, great. It's like it's so fucking good. You're like, and has one, of the, one oh, of the best lines in the movie. One of the best lines in the movie when he's like, "Dog will hunt." Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude, that that's classic. And you know, he probably just made that up. Dog will hunt. Dog will hunt. You know, and it's like it's just classic. And then of course the other one, the line that we're gonna come up here in just a second. So fucking. This is fucking just classic shit. Fucking now you got it's like you got these two maniacs. She's by herself. She's oh, poor stretch. Away. I mean, yeah, poor stretch. She's running away like what the fuck? I mean, I mean, how do you deal with this? She does the best she can. She runs into like a storage room or something with like a big, like a metal door or something, and she slams it. She puts like a little spike thing down in the lock. And, you know, of course, those Leatherface, like, sawing at the door. Like, that isn't scary enough. Then you got Chopped Up. He's just down in the lobby, like, then going through the records and throwing them around. And he's like, hey, you know, look at it. And he's pulling, he's throwing the 45 records around, you know, and he's just having a good time. And he likes the music because, you know, he says there one other famous line, music is my life. And so, you music know, is my life. That's another like, good one. So he's going through that. He's got a million of them. You know, he just keeps going and he's going through shit. So. So it kind of cuts back and forth, uh, you know, Chop Top just being weird with the records and thrashing the place. And then he's waiting for Leatherface, uh, his, his bro. You know, to basically finish the job and, and take job. Stretch out. Now we got, we cut, we got uh, LG just 
comes back in his convertible and he's got a couple cups of coffee. So, you know, he just, he ain't giving up on the love train here. He's going to try for some coffee. You know, and if he had just, you know, if Lil G hadn't came back, you know, it would have been a completely different movie from there on out, you know, at least for him, at least for his character. And so fortunately for her, um, she, he, he came up there and kind of threw a wrench in their works and uh, he comes in with these couple of cups of coffee and it's a pretty cool scene because he sees the car and he thinks it's like, you know, he sees their blue truck. He doesn't know whose it is. He probably thinks it's lefties and he spits on it. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. So, yeah, so that's what Lil G does. He spits on everything. The great line comes up here. He sees, he looks down, he's going up the steps with the coffees. He looks down and he sees, he sees fucking Chop Top like on his knees going through the records. He's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? And all this shit, like he's yelling at him. And you see Chop Top goes, lick my plate, you dog dick. But my favorite Classic. line, favorite line of, of the movie. Well, one right. of my two favorite lines. We still got one more line that, that is uh, just as iconic, but that's my favorite Chop Top line. Right. I mean, God, if that, I mean, if that isn't gold right there to be able to fucking, and then I don't care. That line like that, he's probably said it 10 million times to fans, but you know what? He's a fucking, you know, he's fucking, I just tell you, man, when he says that line, it's like, you know, like, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude. I mean, that's just so, I mean, it's so iconic. Yep, you know, yep. it's like, I mean, it is, it's like, you know, it's like Clint Eastwood, go ahead, make my day, you know. It's just a horror movie and, version and of it's it. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you know, lick my plate, you dog, Nick. And then, so anyway, so right, uh, poor old LG right now gets it real bad. Uh, for a moment, um, uh, Leatherface comes running through the door and he smashes through it, knocks LG off the railing of the stairs and he and he bounces off the desk. Now Chop Top has got a hammer and he just starts Incoming wailing. Mail. Uh, he, just, <laughs> he just starts going to town on LG's head. I mean, he's hitting him in the head with a hammer. And LG, like how like, many times? Like you know, I've never went back. And I, every time I watch this, I always say, I'm going to count how many times he hits LG with that hammer. And I never right. do, but it's got to be a couple dozen. Dude, and he's whacking him. And then LG, you know, it, he's kicking his legs out. He's a great actor. He's just, like, twitching and kicking his legs. Well, Even I thought it was reminiscent of when uh, when the, the character Kirk got hit in the head. Yes. By uh, Leatherface in, in the first yeah. one. And his in legs started one, twitching from the nerves. Twitched. Yeah, And that very well could have been. Uh, by the way, LG, which you probably know, but he was a cameraman. He uh, he worked on yes. the first one, so he so he's yeah, been Lou, there. Lou Perryman was uh, yeah. yeah he he was a production assistant and cameraman assistant. did a bunch of work behind so it. He, he may have even seen that kick, and who knows? He may have brought it over with him to this movie. Yeah, when he probably. when he got asked, but but Chop Top's going to town, man. There's blood everywhere, and LG doesn't disappoint. He manages he manages to spit once. He spits up in the air, a big hawk and loogie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but the, which, which probably falls right back down into his own face right right <laughs> so we got Looking fucking up. now we got we cut back to poor old fucking oh man fucking stretch now this is this is this is a weird scene she's on like a tub of ice that's been like like iced down a bunch of drinks like uh, well, what I think that room was was it was an old walk-in cooler because the way that that door that sliding door right. locked into place. Kind of, yeah, yeah, I think it, it was just a walk-in like cooler a, where they because there was nothing but like st- uh, cases of beer, sodas, and then that big chest right. full of ice with a bunch of like knee-high and and root right. beer and shit. 
Right, and it's filled with ice, and she now she's kind of sitting on. It's like an oblong, almost like a bathtub, and she's sitting on the uh, other end of it, and she's in her shorts, and her legs are you know, kind of spread. And um, now it gets. This is the weird shit where she kind of. Well, she kind of I mean, realized. Well, Leatherface burst like he tries to come through the door again, and then she kind of backs up, and she, you know, she has that moment where everything goes quiet, and then he bursts through the wall. Right, like just right. She bursts through the wall. She's screaming her ass off now, and then now she's kind of sitting there, and now this is kind of the psychological fuck where it's really weird. It's like he's he's, you know, like you know, and, and well, he's and, like a kid. He's very kid like, you know. I mean, like, uh, like, he's 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 smitten with her. You know, he's not just he didn't just kill. He could easily just kill her right here, but now it's like the 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 chainsaw is not on. And they do something very seductively in a very sick way, where he kind of well, yeah he kind of like runs the chainsaw up runs leg the chainsaw up her leg right into her crotch uh, in the blue jeans cutoff, <clears throat> and he's touching her you know right in that area with the chainsaw kind of pushing on it. I mean, let's let's face it. We'll just come out and say and it, then, like it's supposed to be like the I, I, I it's the chainsaw yeah, is an extension her. of his like. He's fucking her, you know, in a way like he would, could do. And she's she's smart enough to know that, okay, like she can, she's going to use this. Like she's not, you know, she's not like, oh, my God. You know, she's using, okay, we know it's like he's he's sitting there gyrating, you know, like what, and he you knows like she's looking, she's looking for a way to get out. You know, yeah, like, she's okay, just I'm biding gonna, her I'm gonna, time and just waiting. Right. She's kinda, like, I'm going to play it. And I kind of thought it was reminiscent of another good part two, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, where the Jenny character uses almost kind of like a, like a child reverse child psychology on Jason at the end, you know, by pretending to be his mother, you know. And this one, she's kind of using a, a somewhat of a child psychology, you know, reverse psychology on him. That's like, okay, I'm gonna play along. If it means that I got I get out of this and get out of this without being chainsawed in half, I will play along with your sick little right. game and. and it's very smart uh, final girl. Very, very smart. Yes. Very, very. She's not, she's and, not just another victim. So uh, he starts the blade up. She's freaking out. She kind of stands up in the corner, kind of up against by this big clock. And and then he's like going nuts. He's sawing everything he can. And then he does this weird scene. He looks at her and he just kind of like like gyrates his hips with the chainsaw. Looks like he like he's like he's fucking her. Yeah, like he's thrusting at her. Thrusting, that's the word. He's thrusting, and she's just looking down at like, and then he runs off, you know. And it's like, it's like, you know. And it's like, it's such a huge scene. Like so much is going on here, you know. And 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 I gotta add, you know, the idea. Like, let's just talk about the chainsaw itself. The chainsaw is a weapon. Is chilling you know all you have to do like i I, in in life in general i hear a chainsaw i get nervous because the idea of a chainsaw it could rip through you like that it's not like a knife it's not like a gun it's not like a a blunt instrument a chainsaw is only there to rip and tear and it's just it's just chilling i can't imagine like being in that scene and like even the sound is horrible yeah, the sound. As soon as you even hear the it, sound is horrifying. It's like it just like you know, it's like fuck. It just sounds dangerous. You know, you know, like, like this is gonna just especially yeah. You just fuck up. You just accidentally drop it and it hits your foot. You're fucked. 
You know what I mean? Right, There's yeah. no like, oh, I got a, you know, I got a, you know, something, you know, like, you, you know, just no matter what it stitches, does, no, you're gonna yeah, it's going to, you're, you're going to lose gonna... all your, your half your foot, you know, or your, you know, and uh, there's, yeah, so it's, it's so deadly. And, you know, and then just that whole scene with her and what they had to shoot and him using a real chainsaw. It's like, you think, God, this is, this, what a wild, I mean, it's such a, I, I the scene is just so fucking much going on between the going back and forth between that and then what Chop Top's doing to LG. And you're like, God, man, it's like, yeah, it's as just, it cuts it's back just, and forth because poor LG is just, <laughs> yeah, just a puddle of blood now with like a massive head. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, and so, so basically because uh, Leatherface is smitten and he's in love and little puppy love action and you kind of, for a moment, you kind of feel like this guy, you know, like, don't like, even though as fucked up as he is, like, you know what I mean? Like he's in love, you know? And so he, he, he lies. He doesn't say anything, of course, but he runs down there and <clears throat> LG is like out. You think yeah, he's dead. Finally knocked and he's out done, after about, what, 30 right. blows to the head? <laughs> and, and so, you know, and then, you know, it's like, you know, fucking uh, chopped out. Did you get her out of face? You know, did you get that bitch? And then he kind of like nods like, yeah. And, you know, he's lying because, you know, he doesn't want to hurt her. And you think, well, fucking Leatherface, he kills everybody. You know, but he doesn't. And so, you know, this guy's got a little puppy love going on here. And uh, and so so he, 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 he fortunately... Fortunately, Chop Top doesn't go to look. He just takes his you know, nod, head nod, like, all right, you got that bitch, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so they basically, they grab LG and they drag him out. And they're going to basically, you know, this is, this is some good eating here, you know. You yeah, know, like, look gonna, at that beef. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. They're going to, you know, this is a this is a big boy. We're going to get, a, you know, we're going to get some fucking nice chops out of this motherfucker. They we're don't say get that, some but you nice know beef straps out of this guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they drag him out. They throw him in the back of the truck, uh, and uh, Stretch now, being the scream queen hero ass kicker, that she badass woman, fucking, she comes running out like she's you know, she's not hiding. She's like seeing what the fuck's going on. They she sees the truck and sees LG in there, and uh, and they go pulling off in that blue pickup. She runs down, jumps in her jeep, and takes on after uh, them, and and. Uh, and you know she's following him. She's not, you know, it's not a big thing where she's right behind him. She's just checking out. Yeah, she's following so they, at a safe distance. She's, she's uh, right. Smart she's going to see right. She's yeah. And uh, so she's trying to see where they're going because she's now she's going to help. You know, LG. She goes to uh, and she goes to that old abandoned amusement park, the Texas Battleland, which is this fucking great idea. Um, it's originally, a great location. originally in the story in the script, they said that they just had. Uh, the truck drive down into a hole and then it goes down into a underground cavern. They didn't have, it wasn't an amusement park. Well, they, you know, they, they added that yeah. in later and fucking shit like that. And they, because that was probably they're, something they're, that was left over from that well, beyond the Valley of the Chainsaw Massacre that they, they were, were well, planning as a supposed sequel. The production guys were like, that's not very visual. We got to come up with some. So they came up with the, they came up with the idea of the amusement park thing. And that's where they started. They, they came up with the idea to, that this was an abandoned thing for more visual reasons. Like, you know, we need something that looks cool. <laughs> just a hole in the ground. So they, they came up with that whole thing. I don't, you know, and then I guess wherever Kit wrote, wrote it from there or whatever, however that worked out. So, but what's cool is she parks, she's running. And then all of a sudden 
we see the station wagon behind him, and she doesn't. I guess she doesn't know. We know it's it's Lieutenant Enright, or we think it is, because we know he drives that. But she doesn't know he's driving a station wagon. I don't think, or maybe she did. I don't remember. Well, I think it was probably the 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 lights were shining at her. Right. So she's running blind you, so to speak. So she was right. Thinks it's another car filled with more, you know, fucking chainsaw wielding maniacs. Right. I would imagine. Exactly. So she's running like crazy, and then he gets out, and he's like yelling at her to, like, you know, it's him, you know, like it's cool, it's all good. He's trying to fucking, you know, get her to stop. She turns around, looks at him, she says something to him. I don't remember. All she says is his name. She just says Lefty, and, and then she like, drops lefty, to the right. Ground. And then the the bottom. This is this is so great. The bottom just opens up, and then she falls through this fucking thing down in this. And then of course she's, and then she's hanging like in this tube, like this tunnel, like a tube thing, like a big duct work thing. And she's kind of hanging on with all these these roots and things. They did a brilliant job of coming up with all this shit. And it looks like all this overgrown shit. Lefty's trying to help her. He grabs something and puts it down, and you don't see it. He doesn't notice it, but it's a fucking human arm, like a skeleton arm with a skeleton hand. <laughs> she grabs it, and then all of a sudden it breaks, you know, like, ah, and she falls. Well, she grabs it, and the hand pops off. <laughs> right. So the hand pops off, and then she goes falling down. Now, this is a great shot. They're showing, how are they film this, man? It's like, because she, she doesn't just, like, go down this tube. She crashes through shit, and then she's falling down different levels. And, like, I don't know if she's doing the stunt or a stunt woman is. I don't know what. But it's a fucking hardcore scene. She's dropping through the shit and screaming. And she's you could tell her, like, it's going down, and she busts through this, and then she crashes through that. And it's a great fucking scene. He, now this is great, because it's like, this is when fucking, he, he's just like, fuck all this, man. He goes running in there. I think there's a scene. Is this the scene where he's looking at a mural? And I think this may be a little bit later on. He's looking at a mural and the mouth is bleeding through the wall and he kicks it and like all that guts come pouring out of it. Or is that later on? Am I? No, that's, yeah. it, that's what happens because uh, she falls down. She falls down the tunnel. And like gets herself through the different levels and, and gets knocked out when she lands into like their their slaughter room. Right. And then that's when uh, Lefty comes in. And this is the note I had uh, about this scene. You know, there's the rendezvous at the Texas Battleground Amusement Park and where things get crazy. And uh, Lefty screams, bring it all down as he runs screaming into the building with the chainsaw with the chainsaws that he's right. Got. Completely ruining his element of surprise, but I don't think Lefty gives a shit anymore. I think he's I think, every but every bit as crazy as they are, but just on a different. I think level. it's almost like, fuck it, God's on my side. I'm gonna bring it all down. Like you know, I'm gonna bury the devil. Fuck him if he knows I'm here. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, it was you know, just like, the fuck devil. Him. Right, well, like he, I fuck him. Yeah, you know. And, he barely and, gets and, in the door at the front door. And there's a spot on the wall where it's leaking blood into a puddle, and he kicks the wall where the blood's leaking, and it's like a, it's a blood and it's a it's just a gut reservoir. It's a reservoir just filled right. with like like God, gallons guts. and gallons of intestines, blood that, and human intestines, and it's just yeah, like, that place must uh, smelled something awful. They talk about that how bad it smelled in there, uh, and how hot it was. Uh, real quick, just about the building. 
uh, it was a uh, like a newspaper ink, like a newspaper factory years ago, and it was this massive building, and they had to come up with a place to build all this shit. And if if you ever watch this documentary, you've probably seen it, but I'm for it, the yeah, audience. It's been anybody, some years, but yeah, it's, it's been, been. But it's a it's a great documentary. They talk about the production guys. They had like five weeks to fucking figure all this shit out, and with a shortened budget. They came Wait, up five with this weeks fucking, to plan it and to build it. Yeah, they, they like wow. they were. I guess they were already kind of. They were doing. They were changing things, but they figured, okay, we're gonna do a lot of this movie. We're gonna do a lot of this movie uh, in this in this caverns, and so they had to basically make it look like it was underground. So they had to use earth. This is a big warehouse, like a massive warehouse, like just it's just fucking huge. So they just got everything. They just got it. They just started bringing in junk. They got in all these tubes and they just started putting tubes up and putting like, like around it, you know, dirt around everything and building up these piles of things and just like getting all kinds of crap. They were talking to the lighting guys. They're like, look, you know, we don't have recessed places where you can put these lights. What are we going to do? So they went out to junkyards and they went out to fucking thrift stores and they went out and they just started buying lamps. And Christmas tree lights. And that was what they just decided. They got, well, we can't put proper lights everywhere we need. We're just going to go ahead and load this up. And and that's when they came up with the idea for the little the little things where they were inside, where they would build the little little areas, like little show areas. Like it had a couple of corpses sitting in a chair with a beach, with a beach uh, umbrella. Right, you know, right, and then they right. Have a, and then they'd go to another one. They had like a, a dead dog on a treadmill and you know and then they had like a couple other corpses in this everything position. is so random but you know if right. you really think about it these guys you know wouldn't really care about feng shui and having everything right. flow right it would just be the randomness well, of of all the people that they've killed and bumped off over the years well what they figured was that they would build this thing and use these lamps and that to actually for the actual lighting and it would look cool and so they would just like they just would rigged everything up. They got all these old chandeliers and hung them on rafters and they were just building all this stuff, kind of like putting it together. And they did this like with, within a few weeks, like, like, you know, to, to get this thing ready to shoot. And they had, they had, they had a, they had a quarter mile. They needed an area for her to run. Um, uh, and so they had a quarter mile where they had all this stuff where they made it where she could run and, and Leatherface chasing her in those scenes. And they probably did it where they ran the one way and they turned everything around and ran back the other way. But they would, but uh, they were, you know, and they, and they did it all with just, just all this junk. And, they, and their guys were just so smart. They just built all this shit. And it looks like this big underground cavern that they've been living in this thing, you know, and making, you know, their human barbecue. You know? and, uh, <laughs> right, and, as, uh, as, as you do. Oh, and for the bones, uh, uh, all these bones are like obviously not human skulls, but like all the bones you see, they went out to like farms, like local farmers. And then, then like a lot of these guys had pits where like if they had a, a cattle die, they just like could throw these pits, these these animals in, in pits and they would just rot. And they said that they got a lot of these bones from just out like laying in the countryside or out in these farms and they let them take them, you know. And he goes and the guy, one of the so head most of those production guys. like. For Big legit bones cow bones, right? Yeah, right. Legit cow bones and stuff, but they were making they'd make it look like like well, like like they'd have a broken chair with like a missing leg. They'd take a bone and make a leg 
uh, out of it and make it look like a so it was like a chair with like a human femur, but it was a cow bone. You know what I mean? They would they would make it look like that, and like it was, so it was just. And they said some of the bones were a little, as they said, green. You know, they still had flesh on them and stuff, and they were a little funky. <laughs> and they said it was so hot in there. You can you imagine shooting in Texas and you know you're in this building just with like you know you know they had no AC. And it was as hot as, you know, hell. And, you know, and then there were all the people in there and all these, you know, it was, they said it was, you know, it, it was tough. <laughs> tough working conditions. But they oh, did, I bet, you know. I, I bet that was, I, uh, we've been in some of those conditions before. but Oh, yeah. But, and, and they're in there. I mean, I think they were in this, they were shooting this whole movie, not just down in there, but I think it was eight weeks. I think it, it took them there a couple of months doing this. And they were down there, I think a month in the, in the you know, shooting in here. And, uh, and uh, it was, you look down and I, 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 every time I watch this movie, especially the scene where they show the, the dinner table, like we'll get into this scene, like this, the dinner table there where they have, you know, it's kind of like the climax almost where they got the dinner table scene. It's almost like from part one. And, uh, and you look at just the grand, like there's the big master shots where they show the room and you're like, how beautifully fucking wicked this books these guys were just such a did such an amazing job just the way it's lit with the christmas tree lights and the lamps and and just the way it looks it's like fuck it's it, it looks like it was all like intricately planned and the fact that they just threw it all together they had just, just go in there and got like all these that. guys together yeah and just had to make they just just start making shit you know and they you know they knew what they knew what it kind of had to look like and i guess i don't know how much how much design drawings they were going off of, but they just start putting shit together. And uh, it was just, you know, it's amazing. You look at the set and you think, God, can you imagine? I just can't imagine how cool it would have been to fucking. Right. Right. To be on ima- imagine set. being like there on set and just like, be there in the middle of all this and see it put together. Right. It's one mean, thing it's to watch just, it on know, film, but to see it put to- think, together in life, you know, with, mm. Lou, Lou Perryman, LG in an interview with him when he's older, um, he he talks about it. He goes, yeah, they should have time capsuled that set and may turn it into a haunted house and let people go through it. He goes, it's so amazing. I mean, I was like, oh God, can you imagine? You yeah. know, like just like just like just left that building alone and you know, obviously make it safe, but where people could go in and out, walk around that set. Oh my God, I'd have been there in a heartbeat. You know, just how beautiful it looks. Oh, yeah. So so anyway, they're in there and uh. <clears throat> Finally, now basically what we've got is we've got in in the other areas of this ca- underground cavern, we've got uh, uh, Lefty basically quoting the Bible and you know he's basically on a religious like death like. Yeah, like this is the gonna, point where I made a note that like, Lefty went bye bye. Lefty's his brain is is gone. His, he's his, just, he's hacking down all the rafters that are holding it up. So he's basically like committing suicide in a way, like like he's just gonna bring it all down. He's sitting there, you know, even if it's on top of him, you know, he's 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 walking through it, hacking down, you know, like the whole the. Oh yeah, he's he's cutting I beams and rafters right. and support beams everywhere, and just he literally is saying, "I'm going to bring you all back down to hell." Right. So he's doing that. Um, we've got um. Uh, stretch she's she's kind of hiding and uh you see leatherface he's got like a meat like a like a meat cutter like the old style like electric ones 
and he's down there and he's he's she's hiding they drag in a body i don't think she knows that it's not she doesn't know it's lg yet and well, it it's obscured by a couple of the barrels that are sitting right. there all you can see Side is a set of legs and so he's they're like you know fucking the cook and like you know chopped off you know they they you know they're on there and they they basically uh lg uh, i mean i'm sorry uh leatherface is his job is to like, you know cut this you know cut this cut meat, the meat up yep he's using one of those old uh 80s style electric carving knives electric carving knives that nobody really ever used and again so he's he's um <clears throat> he's pulling off like like cutting down the leg cutting the pants off and kind of cutting big strips of meat he ends up cutting off the face pulls the face up and he holds it up to like a dull dim light and you kind of see the mouth and like big eye holes and and shit and it's really fucking creepy well she's back there like trying to like uh, like you know trying not to make any noise of course she does yeah she knocks over a bunch of stuff that clatters on the ground and and gives her away (laughs) and uh so Leatherface, he comes over and then he realizes it's her and she's like, you know, ah, you know, and they like, and then she starts, he's like, he's gonna, he takes a cleaver like he's gonna whack her and he's like, no good, no good, no good. So he stops on, on that, where her saying that, he drops that and he's like kind of listening to her and he's, he's still kind of under a spell. And, uh, oh yeah, he, as you put it before, he's, he's smitten. He is completely in love. So he's like, now yeah, like he, he offers her the well, he offers her the face. You know, it's just kind of like he never says anything. It's like, here, wear my face for me, wouldn't you? Like, he's offering her to her like a ring. Well, yeah. Well, the, I think uh, I think the cook walks in at one point. And he's like, "What are you hiding back behind her?" And he's like, kind of. And so when he leaves, you know, he, you know, when the cook leaves after he yells another order at him, I think he puts the face on her, kind of like offering like a ring. But I think it's also too like. I don't know, maybe to help conceal her or something. I don't know. He he puts that on her, and of course she's grossed out, like oh fuck. And then uh, I think he puts the cowboy hat, and it's LG's cowboy hat, on top of her head, and he, and she's like kind of pull it off, and he Leatherface keeps grabbing her hands, like you know, like almost telling her no, you know, like don't, you know, because she wants to pull the face off. And she's like, oh yeah, because like who wouldn't? <laughs> right, of course. There's this line in there where she goes, oh, it's wet. You know, like, it's like, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, all of a sudden, out of the blue, you hear some coughing and spitting, and LG sits up. <laughs> and, and this makeup is amazing, what they did. Well, again, it's a testament to just how good Savini, you know, is at his, his trade. Yeah. And, and, and you should watch his documentary, too, because there's, like, he talks about a lot of stuff. And they actually... Um, LG, when they were putting that makeup on him, what basically what it is is where his face cut off, they cut the hairline, and it looks like the face peeled off, and then they left like where his eyes, the skin around his eyes are still there, and then you can see like like around like muscle tissue, like muscle, like where it would if you peel the face off for real, there'd be muscle stuff, and then where they pulled a, a big section of his chest flesh off, there's like the ribs and like rippled muscle. And, you know, and then on the legs, there's like muscle on the legs where you can see the. So I mean, it's a fantastic makeup job. I mean, it's, it looks so legit. I mean, and you know, Savini had a fucking top shelf crew working on all this stuff. In fact, they even had a. Uh, I guess what I heard is they had to start like midnight, two in the morning, 
somewhere in there for LG, Lou Perryman's makeup. And they put him on a board that leaned like a table so he could like lean back a little bit where they could work on him, but let him sleep. So he'd sleep while they're putting on. <laughs> right. It was, it was the only time to get some sleep. So he'd, he'd pass out and they, he'd wake up because I'd wake up and look like this. Then again, I've fallen asleep in the makeup chair once or twice myself. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's like, you gotta do what you gotta do. He's probably wore the fuck out. Like you got to get to sleep somewhere. So when are you going to do it? Well, okay. Cause he's going to, you know, he's going to be wearing it for 18 hours. So they fucking, so he gets up and then she's got the face on or something. And like, she pulls it off and then like, you know, he's still LG, like he's hurting, but it's like, you know, he's still like, I don't remember what he says there, but he's like, they, he's they like, Oh, uh, he says, Oh, darling, I think I'm falling apart on you. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that. I mean, it's like, yeah, LG and was dying words is just, right. he just sighs and goes, ah, shit. And yeah. sits. So she's crying and like, you know, and then she says something really nice when he falls down back and like he's done. You know, he, she says like, I, I always loved you, LG. I always loved you. And like, we don't know if he heard it or not, but it was sweet. Like, at probably the not. <laughs> probably she didn't. Puts, she puts the face back on him and then lays his cowboy hat like next to him, you know, like on his chest. And it's kind of sad. You're like, oh, fuck. That's there. the biggest shocker to me of the movie was when LG sits up and he's still alive. Like, that's yeah. to me the biggest shocker of the movie. Right. Because you're like, you know. So now she's she's walking around and she's trying to figure out, like, what the fuck, where she, what's going on. Now, this is, this is some cool shit between the cook, Chop Top, Leatherface, and the cooks, you know, uh, he's all, it's, it's all the usual shit. Oh, he's trying to screw the working man. You know, again, oh, you know, you know, all these, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's, it's always about business, you know, trying to get his business yeah. going, whether, you know, so he's, he's getting pissed off about, you know, the usual shit. He doesn't, uh, about. even, um, Chop Top kind of makes fun of him. It's like, you gotta chase that dollar, buddy, and make that money, buddy. Yeah, right. He's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Chop Top's walking around. He's got a fire extinguisher. He's blowing shit off. He's talking about, you know, ah, Nomland, Nomland. You know, he's like, he's blowing off shit. And he's just being the loon. And, uh, well, he keeps rubbing uh, it in his face. He's like, you know, I'm the one that got the head wound in Nom. He's like, I financed this whole thing. It was like, no head wound. He's like, no business. Right. Yeah. So they're kind of going after each other. And everybody's like, now they're hearing shit and they don't know what's going on. Well, uh, well, obviously, uh, Leatherface knows that you know it's what's up, and he's 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 not copping to it. And there, so so there's a cool scene where the cook's like asking him like questions, you know, about what's going on. So Leatherface shakes and said yes, then no, then yes, then no, and then yes, then no. And every time he asks right. him, so, like like a little kid would do, you know, like you know, it's right, straight right. But he's got you the know, mentality like, of a kid, you know. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just like look, a little kid would just just look at you and bullshit like in a cute way, like lying and shaking his head no and. You know, scared. And now they can hear, they can start, they start to hear shit because now Lefty's getting a little closer and he's, shit's starting to fall. And the cook's getting like, the cook's like, they're trying to figure out what the fuck, you know, what the fuck is going on. And, uh, and, and, and so they're, they're all over. Like they, they hear something and then, they they cut to a cool scene. Uh, this kind of harkens back to part one, where um, uh, 
what is it? They got Lefty's stops and he sees a wheelchair. Yeah, this is uh, this. I made a big this joke is about cool. this, this scene. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Well, go ahead. You can explain this. Well, he finds a, a wheelchair and it's it's just a, you know a mummified skeleton, you know, barely any like flesh on it anymore. But it's the remains of Franklin. Right. And one one how he knows it's the remains of Franklin since it's just a skeleton in a wheelchair. You know, you just got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Right. But it's, right. it's definitely Franklin. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, he's like a nephew. He's like, they ain't gonna do this to you anymore. He's like, I'm here now, brother. Talking to him as if he's still there. So this is when you right. really know. You know, Franklin's gone or uh, Lefty's gone bye bye. I, I but, like you know, the little I thing when, when he touches his arm, you know, and, and right. touches it, and the uh, the arm falls, and he's still holding the flashlight. The flashlight. That was what I was going to yeah. say. And it flashes flashlight. on for a second, and then the battery just instantly goes. That dies. You like almost just, hear it, like a sigh, like the sound effect is kind of like. <laughs> uh, and it's, like it's, it's like that it's battery nice just. Had just enough stuff in that light, you know, like all these years, you know, and then fucking it just kind of plunk. There's the flashlight that he was holding for eternity. And yep, then for holding there for what, like it would have been 12 or 13 years, I guess? Years, yeah, and it powers down right then. It's like, uh, that was all he had in him. You know, like, yeah, the side thing. That's, that's a good scene. So, you know, it kind of draws. It's a it. touching scene. It's like the, the last moment you get any bit of humanity out of, uh, you know, right. lefty because he, he's gone. He's gone at this point. He's just a stark raving mad killer. It, you know, it's just one. It's one movie where the antagonist is just about as stark raving mad as your, you know, your antagonist right. is as your protagonist. Right. Exactly. They're almost like the same character. Right. 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 Yeah, but and now <clears throat> this is a scene. This is a great scene, though. And people that watch the movie, this is what I'm talking about: the quarter mile of tunnel that they built. But all the oh yeah! All, all, the, all the Christmas lights and the mummified corpses. there, and it's so gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's like the way they made this with the lights. It's like, oh my god! I wish I, I fuck, I'd give anything to have been able to walk through that. You know, it's like it's so right. beautiful. And so she's running through all these lamps or out there, and then of course Leatherface. Now he's kind of popping out, and you know he he keeps chasing her and. And, you know, it's just a great scene. She's running, and they're just like, just, oh, I, I could watch that scene forever, just going back and forth, just how beautiful it looks. And the Christmas lights, what a great touch. It just looks, it looks Christmassy in a way. It's like in a horrifying way. I don't know, there's something weird about it. Like Maybe it was just their Christmas room. There were so many different rooms and tunnels in there, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love this, the look and the lamps and that. So there, So, basically, it's just a bit of that. You know, fucking cut back and forth. Lefty's hacking down fucking support beams. It's starting to come down. You know, she's, you know, and then a big section comes down actually in front of her and she gets blocked. So he doesn't know that he kind of fucked her over. He doesn't know that she's right there. And so Leatherface is standing right behind her. She can't go any farther. And she turns around and now he's there. She's there. And then there's a funny line where she's talking to him. I forget exactly the lines, exactly what she says. But basically, she says, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the subterfuge is just done at that point. You know, like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out or something like that. It was so good. I mean, it's not, that's the comedy of everything. It's like, it's not supposed to be like, 
<laughs> but it's a great line. It's funny as fuck. You know, like these lunatics, and you're looking at them. I don't know if this is going to work out. So, fucking. Uh, so, anyway, fucking. Um, so, the cook and Chop Top, and he's, um, he, you know, he's still, he's hanging on the nubbins. Yeah, he's and, like always kind of carrying nubbins around like a dancing partner. <laughs> he's got him. He's got his head, like, hand up behind him, and he's moving nubbins' head. And, so we get and that, we got the, we yeah. got the family there. Yeah, we got the whole fan family there, you know. But I love so, the the chant the chant that Chop Stop Chop Top starts saying because uh, when the cook asked like who the, who this is, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, this is the DJ, and he's like, oh, you know, well, Bubba already killed her once tonight already, but look, right. she's red faced. Right, Bubba's got a girlfriend. Bubba's got a girlfriend. Bubba's got a girlfriend. Bubba, yeah, it's it's so good, and. uh uh, but this is where we get my I, this is where we get my second favorite line of the movie, and this is the line that is become synonymous with uh, Chainsaw Massacre. You know, a lot of people attribute it to the first movie, but this is actually the second movie where you know where the cook is. You know, he's like he asks, oh, you know, he's like, I know, you know what you're gonna you, say. Yeah, yes. when yeah. he Go when ahead. he says to him, he's like, "Well, is sex or the saw?" He's like, "The sex is well, nobody knows, but the saw, the saw is family." Oh, right. I, yes. That is the best line. That could be on a tombstone, man. The Saw is family. Fuck, it's such a great line. And it, oh, yeah, dude, I, I knew, I knew you were going, I was like, oh, fucking yeah. It's such a, it's just such a great line. Yeah, a lot you know, of great, and, and, good one-liners in this movie. You know, that's the one thing this movie has that the first movie didn't. The first movie, you know, it's got a couple of good one-liners. Right. I mean, like, you know, I'll still say the best one-liner of any Chainsaw Massacre movie is, look what your brother did to the door. You know, right. that's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but the Saw's family is just goddamn... Uh, Dude, I don't know. And I wonder, I, I don't know if there's anywhere to find... Like, did, did he just make that up, or was that in the script? Was there any note? Because I don't remember if I'd heard it. You know, because they're doing a lot of ad-libbing, they said, too, so... But uh, it probably got written in there. It's probably in there. That but I mean, it's so such iconic a, that I would imagine it's probably uh, was written in the script. Right. But that's such a great line. So anyway, they got her cornered. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're basically uh, they're, they're basically tormenting her, to, you know, to all hell and back. And, of course, fucking, uh, you know, Leatherface, you know, he's embarrassed. He knows, you know, it's over. Like, you know, they got a fucking... And, uh, you know, he's, you know, he, <laughs> he, he got where caught. He does he's the, head, the head shake again, right. you know, where he's he, just like, hey, what is he? he bangs his head on a, he's like, he's banging his head like on a lamp thing or something like kind of some fucking thing. But anyway, so they, there's, there's no getting around it. Uh, it's, 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 it's going to be real bad. She wakes up pretty much, uh, the beginning of, uh, knock her out she gets yeah. knocked out there and and so uh she wakes up and this is the classic uh, the, the scene i was talking about how beautiful it looks she wakes up she's like at the head of the table like marilyn burns and, yeah and it's I, it's the dinner scene part two they're gonna redo it God, and it's so gorgeous and she wakes up and all of a sudden it's just ah! like she screams like this guttural scream it's just like uh, blood curdling like oh my god she's tied up this feast of a fucking macabre feast of these lunatics are at this table they pan like they go pull the camera back and it's just like this whole thing and then they go back in 
and now it's just her and the cook. He's, you know, explaining everything that's going on. And then they pull back out, and you just see this slow thing of all this food, radio, bones, you know, old bottles. I think there's a bottle of ketchup, I think, on the table. Yeah, um, yep. Um, Probably not very uh, sanitary, I'm going to say. And they pull back quite a ways. I remember this is the shot I was talking about, where they pull back and kind of up. And you see this big long view of the, and then they're wheeling grandpa in. And it's just, it's everything. It's like now the whole family, now you got grandpa. And it's like, you know, it's like, it harkens back, obviously, to the first one. You know, they're doing like the same thing, you know, with the tub and the hammer. And it's like, and you're just so glad to see it. Like, oh my God, yes, there's grandpa. They're doing the whole fucking shtick, you know, where he's all, he's there. Like, who the fuck is this corpse that's barely alive? You know, and he's like, they're handing him the hammer. No, I remember seeing an interview with Savini. I don't recall if it was on that documentary that's on the DVD or if this was just like randomly on YouTube or whatnot. But he has often said that he considered the grandpa makeup in this movie to be his finest like achievement in special effects. Like it was he, like, yeah, he thought it was the best work he had ever done. And I, I have to admit, it's pretty goddamn good. Yeah. They, he talks about it in this documentary where they had the the appliances put on that, uh, and they were talking about that they had to actually bug the shit out of Toby uh, Hooper to they put these glass you know the the little inserts on the eyes the the I don't know if they're contacts but like they're glass contact I don't know what they were back then I don't know if they're contact contacts but but I I don't know I don't know but I think those old ones were pretty painful but they had the those funky ass milky eyeballs they had those little things that he had to wear they were so they loved the way grandpa looked and those things they kept telling him like dude you got to do a close-up and show his eyes you got to do a close-up so finally like i told you in this thing he's laughing about it uh savini is about how finally fucking uh toby hooper likes okay whatever they they got the shot done where they zoom in real close on the face so they can get the eyeball and you're so glad yeah. they did yeah. because that face is gorgeous I mean, the grandpa's face yeah, like, is I'm so always fucking person, gorgeous. Yeah, you know? I'm always like, the person that looks for the seam and everything, that looks for the blended lines, you know, where does the makeup right. end, and, end and begin. But damn it, like, it's, it's fucking pretty damn flawless. Dude, pretty damn then, flawless. And he's got, he's got like, you know, like saliva coming out of his mouth. And he's like, you know, he's got those milky eyes. And he's like right up on the nose. Like the nose is like the set. I can, you know, the center of the screen and like you just see a close of a grandma's like oh my god this is so fucking and then they cut they got the shot of the award uh the trophy for the chili cook off there's an actual rat crawling out of the cup the, the cup i, I, yeah, I noticed that of, yeah remember that yeah so yeah. it's like it's such a beautiful scene my god it's just the fucking like it it's just it's just gorgeous it's beautiful so they, they got all this shit's going on they're like you know like they're, they're setting it up they're trying to you know, like, like fucking Leatherface, I think is actually, I think he actually kisses her. I think there's a scene where he kind of comes yeah, in. Yeah, he and does. He, like, he kisses her. He puts his mouth. Like yeah, that. he does something. He puts his mouth on hers or something. They cut, cut real quick. And then, uh, so they're, they're getting ready. And uh, the cook's standing there, like, impatient. Like, ah, you know, like, so they fucking, they finally, they finally drag her ass over. And it's funny because in this documentary, she's screaming so much. This must have been just so draining. To be, uh, you know, these scream queens, like they just have to scream for hours on end. 
She's screaming like crazy, but but she's she she said in the thing when she has her head pointed toward the where you can't see her face, she says she's laughing hysterically. She goes, "I'm laughing hysterically in this whole scene," you know. And she goes, "I was having so much fun." She goes, "She goes, she knows she knows what's you know." It's like it's the classic scene, and then the hammer dropping, and you know the fucking (laughs) grandpa. Like, oh, oh, well, we've yeah. been on a set of things like that. You know, sometimes she has some exhausting <laughs> subject matter, but sometimes she just got to fucking laugh. Yeah, and, and so she's going. She goes, God, she was just hysterical. And then you know, so he's dropping the hammer and, and you know, shit. And it's just it's just such a beautiful scene. He picks it up. And they finally, I think he gets her a little bit. And, and then she's sort of, you know, and she's starting to bleed. And, like, they're trying to get that ladle underneath her to capture some blood for Grandpa. <laughs> He keeps dropping the hammer. Well, you know, oh, it's, it's so something funny. Of, he's still not a very good shot. <laughs> no. From the first movie, he's he's not a very good shot with a <laughs> hammer, not at all. I think I think eventually uh he, he hits her um and uh he keeps dropping the hammer. I think that's when they do the close up. <laughs> and he and and he's got sores all over him and shit. But I think if, I think it's the cook that finally whacks her really hard. He picks up. I think he finally picks up and just gives her a good whack. It's obviously it's a rubber hammer, but but uh, fucking chop top like pulls puts the remember that he puts the hanger up his hanger this coat hanger that he gets yeah the yeah the one he's always and and, the, and grandpa's grandpa's got his tongue around it like underneath it like like it's oh, just such a fucking uh, it's so just nasty. such a fucked up scene. It's like my god, what is going on here? <laughs> and uh and uh fucking so so anyway it's just that shit it's just the screaming they're trying to hit her he's got they're trying to get a ladle on her to get blood and, and uh the cook finally i think the cook is the one who finally knocks her out and uh and, it's like and and, and and lefty shows up a few moments later doesn't I think he? lefty oh yeah because i think i think what happens is shit really starts falling and he starts singing bringing in the sheaves he yeah, starts like yeah. I think, it, and then Chop Sop starts singing it, and it's that like, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, and then fucking Lefty comes in through one of those little tunnel things, and then he's like, uh, "I am the Lord of the Harvest," and you see oh. the cook, he's trying, he goes, "Oh, is that one of those new, uh, what is it, uh, health food stores?" Or uh, yeah, he's uh, like, "What's that? Some new health food bunch?" Uh, I had that line written down. That's one of yeah. my favorite lines from the cook. Yeah, that's great. A health food bunch or something like that. And he's like, "What is that?" It'd be like something the cook would say. You know, like, "Wow, what is that?" And something? he's just trying to, like, he's just trying to. Uh, how do you business want to say? It? I mean, he, he, he's just this, this business. He's like, "How much money?" He's like, "Cold hard cash." Right. He whips out this this bowl of I, bills, I, and he's like, "I'm going to pay you that. off." Because it's all about money. He knows that. Like, the little guy always gets screwed. So, like, he pulls out a wand. Like, what's it going to take? You know, there. You know, look, and he's going to give him money. And, and course, speaking you know. of business and small man and small small time businesses and shit, what was the overhead, you know, like, for, for their, like, food truck business? Because they had so many lights on the overhead just from electricity alone. Would have been <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, right, like, I know right. I'm really, like, overthinking it, you know, but, like, at the same time, it's just, like, you know, I'm thinking the sores would have tapped into something like, you know, like this, this place wouldn't supposed to be have electricity. I'm, I'm thinking the sores would have been crafty enough, crafty enough to, to fucking tap into some power and steal it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> probably, probably. Are like you again, talking about, like, again, I'm, so now I'm overthinking it. Were you talking about the sores or the movie itself? 
the, the movie. No, but, I'm talking about the oh, Sawyers. Oh, the Sawyers, yeah. I'm I, I, I thinking the Sawyers would have fucking, they, they had a tapped in somewhere and stole it. But anyway, it's pretty cool. Uh, so he, you know, obviously lefties just telling him what he's going to do and it's bringing down that place and, you know, and all that shit. So they turn around to run because he comes out and he's got the big saw now. He kind of sticks the saw, the chainsaw kind of uh, up uh, up uh, the cook's ass a little bit and kind of fucking, you see some blood kind of shooting out. And he gets, so he kind of gets him and he, he runs out and he ends up going underneath the dining room table. Now we got, we got Lefty faced off with Leatherface, and now it's the chainsaw battle. And this is pretty cool. They're going at each other, and uh, Lefty actually gives Leatherface a – I think he knees him in the nuts or something. He kicks him in the face, backs him up. And so this is a pretty good fight scene. They're going at it. They got yeah, the chainsaws it's going. Good, it's a good fight. You know, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> utter chaos pretty much from here on out. Right. Because so, uh, this is also where we get the cook gets uh, – when he gets the chainsaw to the ass, to the tailbone, and he has a line, so all businessmen, men always takes it right up the ass. Right, right, right. It's always about, I love that, because it's like exactly what, you know. Again, it's always about men, It's them. always about the little, it's all the little guy always gets screwed, you know, always gets it in the ass. And uh, so basically what we got now, we got the fight. It's the four people. Uh, you got fucking Lefty and Leatherface going at it. Grandpa's still kind of just, oh, He's not doing anything. He's slumped over in his chair. And then you got Chop Top. He's he's got his eyes on uh he's got he's got his eyes on stretch and he's he's basically she's trying to get the fuck out of there. Well he's you got, very much a lot like, you know, when uh uh, Edwin Neal is chasing Marilyn Burns as the hitchhiker chasing Sally in the first one. Yeah. He's got that straight razor where he's just slicing at her legs, yeah, slicing it's real. at her back. It's really reminiscent of that. Uh, it's got that. He's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, he's just all over, like, exa- exactly like uh, 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 fucking in the first one. And uh, he's, and yeah, with the straight razor, totally harkens back to that. And I know they did that on purpose. It's perfect. So he's, the, there's a scene where he's coming up through this tunnel. It's really creepy. He looks like a big spider. He's coming up after, and she's running up shit, and she's trying to get, she's, she's going upwards. Then we Again, go back. it looks very We're... treacherous. I, I would like to know how much of that was actually Caroline and Bill oh. doing the stunts oh, themselves yeah. versus you know stunt people. Because a lot of it, you can see it's them climbing yeah. up over all over this shit. So a lot of times it's, you know, I, I just would Later like on. to know how much of the ratio was from actor to stuntman in that. Well, yeah, I, like, I'd like to know, like... When they're well, later on, in a few minutes from this, what we're talking about, when they're running up those steps on the outside, and he's like, all of a sudden that like that, that that railing breaks, and he's kind of hanging out over the edge. It's like, oh that yeah, where he's just shit. dangling. Yeah, it's like that looks fucking real. But we when we go back to Leatherface, there's a thing about this in the documentary where they, where when he sticks, when Lefty sticks the his chainsaw through Leatherface's belly, they actually had that rigged up. It was pretty cool to have this guy. I always thought that was such saw. a good that was such a good effect. The way the well, chainsaw is moving you know, in front front of him and then sticking out his back, and the blade is still moving. You know, in both places. That's such a great effect and a great stunt. Well, you know, like in, with Steve Martin with the arrow through the head. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's, yeah the same, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, fucking, um, it was pretty cool. Uh, uh, Savini talks about it. I forget he he mentioned the guy's name that designed it, but yeah, it goes in and then it goes around 
uh, Bill Johnson's like hip, and then down the other side, and he's got a rig where it looks like, like it, it actually is the way it's set up. And yeah, the chain is moving where it goes into him, and then that part of the back, it's a separate chain that moves at the same time. And it looks like it's, you know, the, like the other part of the chainsaw. And it's this guy. I'd like to, I'd love to have seen that rig, like what it looked like. So yeah, that's legit. That was that's motorized in such a way where it looks, <clears throat> it looks like it's moving in tandem, like it's like it's one big blade. And that was like something. It's the same concept though, where it goes in and then it wraps around the side. We can't see. And then they built this like leather. I mean leather, a latex like belly for it to go through and. They put all the stringy shit. And uh, again, more fucking great FX home runs from Savini and his crew. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And this is the one point where Grandpa actually uh, manages to do something and get it in one whack where he hurls the hammer. He misses Lefty, but he fucking nails uh, Leatherface right between the eyes. (laughs) And then... uh, and the cook's under the table, and he grabs nubbins, and he's looking for what? What's the line he says there about? Because I'm uh, looking for that old "fuck you, Charlie." Yeah, "fuck you, Charlie," and he <laughs> he pulls out a hand grenade, and uh, and I think I think after like uh, uh, Leatherface gets whacked in the head with a hammer, and then I, I think something causes I forget, but basically he well, drops the chainsaw the, uh, goes through the table and yeah uh, and. Uh, slices the cook across the back, and that's when he drops yeah, the hand grenade. And that's right. Out that's right. It's a, yeah. So that goes down, and it makes him drop the uh, old, you know, fucking that fucking grenade that Nubbins had in his pocket. That falls, and then yeah, that ends up blowing up. Now we go to the fucking the, the scene outside. This is wicked, man. They're going up these steep ass steps. I mean, these things are fucking steep, and he's like hacking at her with this fucking straight razor and cutting her legs up and shit. I mean, it's gruesome. And then that's when he falls at railing breaks and he's like kind of hanging there. And it looks like him. And it's like, it's fucking creepy as fuck. And then she goes running into that thing, like at the top of this tower. And that's when they got the mummified remains of grandma, like sitting like in her throne. Like right. Right. Alone. And it's fucking just another beautiful set. It's got the uh, like the spidery looking skeleton thing hanging down on the arms and a skull. She's in her thing and she's all fucking all mummified. And so it's a it's a big long scene where he's trying to climb up. He's trying to climb up back on these stairs and and he finally gets up there and uh, he's still got the straight razor with him. It's like attached to his shirt or something. It's just kind of dangling. He comes running up and then he kind of corners her at the at, you know, she's kind of cornered now, uh, stretch. Yeah, because he Between says him, you're at the end of the line now, you hog right. bitch. And then, yeah, right, the hog bitch line is fucking classic. And it's got all these cool skulls and that. But this is really cool. This is where he pulls out when he pulls a straight razor out. And this is wicked. He starts cutting his own throat. He, like, yes. starts slicing his throat. Because like, he tells like, her, he's like, look in my eyes, look in my eyes. And then he just... He doesn't just cut yeah. his throat once. He cuts it like three or four times. Yeah, and it's like, and like his mouth is wide open. You see those ugly, fucked up teeth. And like he's crazy looking at his eyes. And it's like, fuck, fuck. That is crazy. It's like, you know, it's like, it's just like, it's just so wicked. I mean, he's just like. Oh, yeah. Just, fucking A it is. It's about a horror movie. God damn it. 
And then so she turns around and she sees that grandma's mummified hands are holding a holding an old chainsaw. So she goes to grab it. And then he's like, no, no, you know, leave her alone. No. He, you killed grandma, you, you hog bitch. Grandma, you, yeah, you hog bitch. And so, you know, and so he's freaking out all that. Like grandma, like he, she's just like he just she just killed her or something. And then uh, so he's he starts the chainsaw. She does. Um, or she's trying to start it. And he's still hacking at her with the fucking thing. Yeah, he's still slicing her. He's I mean, he's her back. I think he's sliced. slicing her two ribbons. Yeah, like, 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 really, like, just fucking slashing at her. It's, it's horrible. And he's just like, and he's laughing. He's next slashing. He's just fucking going nuts. And, and so she finally starts it. She fucking comes at him and then gets him, gets him in the belly. And then kind of, she kind of goes upwards, slices him, and then he kind of falls back. He falls down. He falls off the edge, and then a bunch of it breaks. And then he ends up falling through the, the tunnel that they came up out of. Like, it's a big tube is what it is. So he falls through there. And so you don't know if he actually died or not. He could have lived. Wink, wink. And then fucking, uh, and then she's sitting there going around. Like, ah! And the classic ending, she's like just crazy with this thing. Like, in victory, like just waving the chainsaw. I mean, it's very ah. reminiscent of uh, Leatherface's dance with the chainsaw at the yeah. end of the first yeah. movie. So she's like in victory. She's like, fuck it. I got that motherfucker, you know. And she's laying on. So she survived. She's there. And then it cuts the black and then the music kicks in. And, and by that's the end. That's the yeah. that's the That's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in my book. It's It's got it. It's up there in the top. I don't I mean, how many sequels other than like Evil Dead and shit like that. There's not too many sequels that are going to fucking match that. Right, right. Uh, I mean, like, really, you got, like, this one, Evil Dead 2, I, I think, uh, you know, really a kind of a different genre, but Terminator 2 ranks up there as a really impressive right. sequel, you know, that kind of turned, you know, its franchise on its ear. But, like, this is definitely, uh, yeah, this is the higher echelon. This is top notch. And I probably don't have to ask you this, because I, I'm going to take a guess what your rating's going to be. But I got to ask uh, just for the people. Well, we got to ask. One to ten. We got to ask for the record. So yeah, yeah. from it's one gotta, to ten. Put it down to the record book. <laughs> this one, yeah, uh, wholeheartedly, hell yes, motherfucker. Badass fucking 100% 10. Out the fucking, out of the park, home run, grand slam. Fucking to me, you know how much I love this movie, and I know you love it too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. This, this is one yeah, of those. I don't even have to tell you that my, I'm a ten. You know, when yeah. I were, when we reviewed, uh, <laughs> Jim O'Rear and myself reviewed uh, part one many moons ago when we first did, the, you know, started doing Grindhouse Pizzeria, and it's the one movie that I'm like, you know, I'm breaking my own <laughs> rules and giving this an eleven. Yeah, right. I was gonna say eleven. I was gonna say eleven. Because just because, hey, it's better than ten. It's got to be like like the Marshall Amp and Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Spinal it's, uh, it we can do eleven. That this one, it's our show. Okay, we do it's eleven. We're we're it's doing eleven. Time. It's an eleven. It gets. It is worthy of one beyond the best. It's got to go eleven. It's a Marshall Amp that goes to eleven. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, definitely. There's, you know, even with a couple, of, you know, a couple of things that you know that make you 
there are some parts, even with the first movie, there's a couple parts of things that just make you go, hmm. You know, there's things, because right. there, there is no such thing as a perfect movie. But this right. is as perfect as it gets, man. It does. It, you it don't, does. You don't get it much does. better than this, you know. It's just like the John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, is it perfect? No, but it's as perfect as you're going to get, you know. Right. It's, uh, it don't get much better than this, you know. Uh, it, it's uh, the big kahuna, man. It, it's... You know, it's, it's really hard to, you know, for the longest part of my life, I flip-flopped to which movie I like better, Chainsaw Massacre 1 and Chainsaw 2. For many years, it was part two because I seen part two more, you know, when I was younger, when I was a teenager and whatnot. And then as I've gotten older, I like part one more. But, you know, they're very close. There's, there's you know, you could throw either one of these movies on on any given, any given day, and I would not mind. I've often said that I don't need an excuse to have to watch Chainsaw Massacre 1 or 2. I don't need an excuse, but goddammit, I'd love to have one. Well, yeah. you know, to me, like, like saying one, obviously, you know, when you've got a great original, like Texas Chainsaw from 1974, it is its own thing. You know, it is, and, and it, there really is no you can't compete that it's just it just is what it is but then again i say the same thing about chainsaw massacre too you know it's like to me like if people were to ask me what's the what's your what's the best band in the world i say the beatles and the ramones i I, no you gotta pick one no i don't it's the (laughs) beatles and the ramones (laughs) like those are my favorite bands i consider like you and pick great love the bands i love fucking to death all day long there's so many great bands but those are two, all right? So in movies, these two are just equals. Like you could yeah. say, no, they're, no, they're just they're just two great fucking movies, and I'm and I thank God that they were made. <laughs> well, it's they're just like there for us to watch forever. I know, you know? I know I compare Chainsaw One and Two to Evil Dead One and Two. Again, Evil okay. Dead One and Two, two vastly different films as far as like thematic qualities and and you know the kind of story that they're telling. I right. love, you know, part one for being as low key and as subtle as it is. I love part two, it like, as equally as 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 much as I love part one for all different reasons. It's right. crazy. It's wacky. It's got a crazy soundtrack. Blood and gore. Chop top is nuts. I mean, the cook is nuts. Everything about it is utterly fucking crazy. The first one is like watching a documentary. Like you're a fly on the wall watching right. this shit happen to people. Part two is everything that part one isn't, and basically part one is everything that part two isn't. They're just two vastly different films, and coming from the same, you know, director, both from Toby Hooper. I mean, hats off to him for creating, you know, most of the time, you know, when there's a good decade or longer gap between sequels, it's just not good. It's usually not a good sign when when they're like, hey, we're making a sequel 13 years later. It's just like, eh, Why? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, you don't really need to. Part three, I like it. I'll put that on and watch it. I, I, oh I, yeah, I, I was, yeah. It's the difference between liking a the movie next, and, lo- and loving a movie. Next like gen, gen, next generation, I like that too. You know, I, it's like, I, and in fact, if somebody had it on or some or we were sitting, somebody wanted to watch it, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, put it on. You know, it's, it's like a Chainsaw you know, Massacre I, movie. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, there's stuff in those movies that are really cool. You know, they're not in the same league as, as one and two, but they are 
I like them. I, I like them. Yeah. You know, so I'm not, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I know a lot of people hate part four, but I actually. I like, actually I, I, I will admit cool. to hating it when I first saw it because I felt yeah. like I didn't understand it. You know, I right. wasn't in the right mind frame. But, and then, you know, saw it again four or five years later. I'm like, there's some good shit about this. Right, right. You know, I, I love Matthew McConaughey in it. I think I, I, I oh, think yeah. it's wonderful that over the years he's learned to embrace it and kind of right. laugh about it. Renee Zellweger, not so much. You know, why? like to me, I mean, if, you know, everybody's got their own point of view. But I'd be like, yeah, that's, I did that movie a fucking long time ago. So what? You know, you don't like it? Yeah, whatever. You know, like, right. it's like, I, like, what do you think? Like, hey, you know. It's on my you know, that, that movie you know, was like 20, whatever. Twenty-seven years and forty-five movies ago, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, excuse me. You could take. You could pick every. You could pick the greatest actors in the world, and they got you know ones that would be considered stinkers in their resume. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, you're not every movie you're going to make isn't going to be, you know, maybe the greatest movie you ever did. I mean, it's just you're making movies. You're you're an actor. You're trying to work. Like if your agent offers you a horror movie and you get a paycheck and it gives you an opportunity to be in a movie, like it's like even if it's not like you don't want to be a horror movie actor, it's a fucking it's a job, you know. It's like you know you took the job, you want you need to work, you know. If nothing else, even if you were embarrassed by it, you can still have a laugh, you know. You can say, yeah, I was in that. That was me. Yeah, yeah, that movie was a bit of piece of shit, and I was in it. But next question, thank you. Right. You know, yeah. You know. But yeah, the. Chainsaw Massacre 2 you know, is one of the few movies I feel like we can break the rules and give it an 11 because it's just it's yeah. in a it's in another realm of its own. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. And all I can say is uh, the 80s uh, cocaine, one hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Well, that being yeah. said, man, I want to thank you. This is the first time you've been on this show. Usually you're a regular on Grindhouse Pizzeria. So Yes, sir. But yes, I figured sir. this was a, a good one for us to to kick off the festivities with. You know, uh, I, I knew I knew when I asked you to come on this show. I'm glad you did. I knew when you'd mentioned this, uh, this, this series of, of, of films uh, that are going to be, you know, your other guest hosts and stuff. I was like, oh, man. You know, like, I hope he asked me, you know, like, I, I, and when you did, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, God, I want to, because I, because I definitely would, I'm definitely honored to be a part of this. And, uh, of course, I always love all our shows, you know, I, I love the Grindhouse Pizza and everything, but, uh, but this, you know, being, being able to review and have fun and talk about this movie is, uh, is uh, near and dear to my heart. You know, you know, I love this movie. Yeah, there was no question in my mind. I even, uh, <laughs> I even told Patty, I'm like, when I'm gonna ask Tom to, re, uh, to come on sequel two, Deja Vu, and she says, "Are you gonna bother asking him which movie he wants to do? You know which movie <laughs> he's gonna choose, right?" She even knew. Oh, With that yeah, being yeah. said, I think we'll call this an end to the festivities. Uh, gosh, yeah, I'm almost sad to see it's over. I almost kind of want to pop Chainsaw Massacre two on when I get get done watch talking it. with you. Just, watch it yeah, again watch today. It again. Yep. Yeah. That being said, folks, you've been listening to the duo of Cameron Scott, myself, and my good buddy here, Tommy K, Tom Commissar, our usual Grindhouse Pizzeria duo. We're signing off from sequel to Deja Vu, and we have been reviewing and dissecting and showing a whole lot of love for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So we bid you a fond farewell, but always remember, always, the Saw is family. Yes, indeed.
I want to I want to buy some uh, radio ad time. <laughs> are you fucking crazy? We are closed. Off the air till tomorrow. You'll have to just come back. No, but but yeah, but whoa. So this is Radio Land, huh? The Infinite Turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. <laughs> Can't close that. Hi, I know what you're thinking. This is weird, huh? But I can handle it. <laughs> you know? You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to you every night.